0: Jigs and Bigs is proud to announce we're being supported by Old Glory Outdoors. They're a veteran-owned company that carries fishing and hunting gear. Plus, they're highly active in supporting veteran organizations and charities. Old Glory is an authorized dealer of favorite rods, FX rods, Guggenbaits, baits, X-Zone lures, Sixth Sense, and many more. There's a brick-and-mortar store located in East Brookfield, Massachusetts, but you can also order online at oldgloryoutdoors.com. They ship anywhere in the lower 48 states or order. Order online and pick up at the store. When you order, use the promo code Jigs and you'll save 10% off your complete order. Plus, you'll help support the show. Make sure to check out the apparel line called OGO Gear while you're there. Old Glory Outdoors believes in the slogan, "Start 'em young, to keep kids away from screens and enjoying nature. They've got a full array of live bait too. Check out oldgloryoutdoors.com and use the promo code JIGSANDBIGS, save some money, and gear up now. Look at that, it's another Tuesday for you, Jigs and Bigs. We got it, it's Bobby Roast Beef here. I hope you guys are ready. It is uh, mid-April right now. We're in the midst of an amazing chronic trips tournament um for the month of april and this week especially there's really great stuff going on with that tournament so if you're looking to get uh some advancements on the board you're going to want to pay attention to uh the news the the updates that we have for this week it's going to be a good one we've got uh information about the uh over the weekend we had over at a1 uh, uh an makb east tournament we got the details that all went down over there for you sean's got all that all set up We all had some amazing fishing adventures right there. Multi-species fishing, in fact, like uh, myself and Sean. We'll get to all that stuff, you know, a little bit later in the show lots of great stuff as always everybody we got our jig heads in the house we are recording to a private unlisted feed right now so that uh they can engage with us a little bit if you're interested in becoming a jig head just go to jigsandbigs.com and uh click over to become a a jig head over at our patreon super easy good stuff lined up i think this is going to be an amazing show everybody sit down, get yourself comfortable, maybe grab yourself something uh, delicious to uh, keep yourself refreshed. Maybe a a hot cup of coffee or something like we're doing, but uh, we'll see you guys right after this. What's up, everybody? It's another beautiful week after an amazing weekend uh, out on the water, getting some fish, and uh, we'll, we'll cross all that bridge. Give you all the all the info that you guys need in uh, in just a bit. But Sean, how are you this this fine Monday morning? Good morning, Mister Roast Beef. How are you today? I'm feeling pretty good. It's it's Patriots Day uh, in Massachusetts. Uh, not all of our listeners uh, have. Patriots Day uh, as a a, a holiday but in Massachusetts we do and I think uh, I'm not sure exactly how many states there are that observe but uh, so if you're in mass happy happy Patriots Day guys. Uh, It's mid April. This is an amazing time of year. Uh, things are just starting to kind of heat up in New England, which is ironic because we just came off of the heels of a ridiculous cold system that had parked itself right over in New England. It gave uh, four or five inches of snow in some areas and uh, like nipple bursting cold temperatures, like <laughs> painful, painful. Uh, it was it was not fun. It was it was not fun. But uh, so, so we need to. We need to distinguish now between painful and pleasurable nipple bursting. There's, well, think about it. I mean, there's. It it, it depends on where you are. Like, I don't want to go out and take the trash out first thing in the morning and have to change my shirt because you know. Uh, not, was, not
1: not where you are in the world. Where exactly this this kind of cold for us we hate it. It bursts our nipples. It's painful. This kind of cold in uh, just for Germany might be <laughs>
2: Germany, pleasurable. Germany. nipple bursting. Yes. <laughs>
0: Uh, what's happening we're already off the rails we're, we're, we're in the gutter already geez yeah, yeah, good, good uh you <laughs> know, it's okay though i'm all right with it i'll accept it i'll allow it if you will i've had a lot of coffee today and uh one of the first things i, th- I think we need to talk about is coffee it's, it's how i start my day every morning you know it's how a lot of fi- a lot of fishermen I, th- I feel like fishing and coffee go hand in hand um you know it's it's, it's it's sometimes what you need. Uh, I'll tell you, when I went out this weekend, when it was like crazy cold, I was glad I had my uh, my double insulated tumbler with me full of piping hot monsoon coffee. And it stayed hot all day. Thank goodness. Thank freaking goodness, man. It was rough. But uh, in, in this little uh, Hookset Hoodlums Pro Staffers chat that uh, you and I are privy to, coffee has come up... N- Multiple times, and I, I'm not sure exactly who it who, who was exactly, but multiple pro staff members have made the reference that, oh, you know, coffee, I don't drink coffee like 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 uh, Jigs and Bigs, like Bobby Rose Beef does, you know, that's crazy, organic, shout out by like some jungle cat, like, you know, I mean, some kind of, <laughs> you know, like... I, Burst out of a German nipple? Coffee. Exactly. Burst. Exactly. They call that. That's not a, a French press. That's a German thing, and it's something completely different. God damn it! What is happening to the
1: show already? <laughs> Do we? The best thing is we did all this prep for the last half hour. We're like, oh, we have so much fishing stuff to talk about. Now we're on coffee and bursting nipples bursting. twice now.
0: Yes, bursting. Okay. If anybody needs anything etched, like if you need like a serial number done and a kayak or anything like that, just come over to my place on a cold day. I got you. I gotcha. Anyway, but getting back to coffee. So, I'm, I, yes, I am particular about my coffee, but it's only because I love it. Like, I, I'm, I locally, you know, when we're at home, we drink from this one roaster for like the last year and a half called Monsoon, and uh, their coffee is delicious. It's some of the best I've ever had. They pay uh, real close attention to consistency and make sure that it's pretty much the same all the time. They're always reinventing themselves. So, I, you know, I like a good bean. I'm not going to turn down a, a pot of drip coffee. While I'm out, my go-to drink is, is a black Americano, you know? I like a good, you know, anywhere between four and six shots of espresso and hot water. That's it. It is so good. It's all I need in life, but, you know... It can save you s- while you're out there. Now, Sean, you're, you're a coffee drinker, but of a whole other stripe than I am.
1: Yeah, dude. It's just like anything with food. I Unfortunately, this is my life and it sucks. I have to look at labels and see what is going to cause me problems or not. So I'm kind of limited in my coffee. Um, I actually, actually one of the ones and actually the only one I keep in the house is uh, New England coffee. It's a brand. That's good and, stuff. It has nothing to do with us being from New England. It has yeah. to do with the label and what it says are in the ingredients. So I, I don't have a choice. I'm saying that sadly because I know there's just, there's so many good coffees out there that I can't touch. I'll tell you,
0: New, Eng- New England coffee is uh, brewed uh, exclusively at a favorite Western Massachusetts. I dare I say, destination donut shop. Um, what, what freaking one am I thinking of now? Uh, not the whole donut. Not that one. The one on Riverdale Road. You know what I'm talking about. The donut dip. They, they yeah. brew New England coffee in there.
1: Yeah, they do. Um, yep. And you know, you know what? Another one that I can drink if I see it at gas stations. It's the only gas station coffee I really can touch. Green Mountain? Yes, Green Mountain. Yeah. Green Mountain's up there. And um, when I'm traveling abroad in the Midwest... Carrots. Little shout out to Caribou Coffee. Oh, Caribou, Caribou coffee. coffee. Yeah, yeah, they're good.
0: Caribou's yeah. all right. And, it's not bad. Now and they do. Um, they do a good job with all the allergens and all that shit. So we are born and bred massholes here at Jigs and Bigs, hundred percent. Now, what's your hot take on Dunkin' Donuts coffee, Sean? Any port in a storm. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, it's it's based out of sheer convenience alone, and that's all. It's go- it's hot garbage. It is hot garbage. The most yeah. inconsistent product. Like everybody thinks these New Englanders love their Dunkin' Donuts, and there's, you know, while a lot of people really enjoy things like dairy and sugar, and like with a little bit of what what I would call hot brown. Uh, that's basically what what gets churned out of. Uh, it's just hot brown water. It's there's no flavor at all. Thirty years ago, it was fantastic. But God, man, wh- what happened you Dunkin' Donuts? How the yeah. mighty have fallen.
1: I um and with Duncan I I I'll I'll usually drink like half caffeinated half regular you know half caffeinated half decaf at at home yeah. I'll, that's what I'll brew and I usually don't have any problems with that with freaking out or anything and then uh man Dunkin Donuts if I have a regular I might as well you know have gotten uh, developed a bad cocaine habit it's just awful it just sends me through the roof so I drink their decaf straight and that's got mm-hmm. enough caffeine in it you know there's no such thing as true truly decaf. decaf yeah so oh, but yeah their decaf has a ton of caffeine in it so
0: yeah, that's where I'm at. They, uh, I'll, I'll say this. So, so gravy fishing jumps in here. He says, "Black Rifle Coffee." I've had Black Rifle a couple of times. Uh, there's a cigar shop that I like to frequent periodically, and they have Black Rifle in there in their their K cups. And I think it's their AK forty seven blend, which is just f- great. I mean, it's 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 a great like everyday. But like, I have reasons why I'm not a big fan with uh, with when it comes to coffee for K cups, just because of the waste involved. Rodney jumps up here. And says, "Great value donut shop." Blend. Blend with whole milk. I'm what some would call a cheap date. That's there's nothing wrong with that, man. You know, nothing yep. wrong at all. And then he jumps in to say, "Casey's gas station, maybe a wood a Midwest thing, is my go to gas station coffee. Dunkin' is a dumpster fire. I couldn't agree more, man. Dunkin' is 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 garbage. Like generations ago, it was wonderful, but God, it's terrible. And Starbucks makes a a a terrible cup of drip coffee. If I am getting anything over at Starbucks, let's get this out of the way. It's the espresso only, and it's based surely on convenience. I'll go to like any roaster locally, you name it, I am there. I am I am there." One of the, one of the
2: bright
1: spots of Duncan in the past, let me think now, almost twenty years that yep. possibly took away, took away from my kids' college savings when <laughs> when the Red Sox signed Kurt Schilling in two thousand four when they went to the World Series That's and right. won. Yep. Do you do you remember all the commercials he did for that fucking for that sandwich? It was um what was it? it was a croissant? Yep. Egg, sharp cheddar, and a piece of sausage, and the, the sausage had maple on it. Oh yes i I used to call that the Schilling burger and I swear to God I ate ten of them a week. yeah I just I would slam those things. That was before I you know realized I wasn't supposed to be eating them with my <laughs> the body show. reacting yeah. poorly to it but <laughs> like, yeah. this is wonderful. oh yeah oh, I, just used to, I used to smoke those i I would just kill them <laughs> I, I, it was so good. So if Kurt Schilling got residuals
0: off that, you're welcome Schilling. You're welcome. I'm going to say this for gas station coffee for myself. Gravy jumps in says Dippin' Donuts and Spencer is great. There's an, another Dippin' Donuts that I've been to, which is is not bad actually. I think in Worcester. Um, the I'll say this. Cumberland Farms has like some of the best bang for your buck, and it's not terrible coffee. And they're pretty strict on their their staff, like you know turning over pots, so you're not sitting like when I. There was a time where Bobby Roast beef did in fact work in a Cumberland Farms, and. uh I had thrown away many pots of coffee that just were burned like to like where it was like pouring out sand. It was terrible. It was all like I was that guy. And for being like the first tattoo I ever got was of a coffee cup. My wife and I have matching ones i'm like you know i have been a coffee drinker for a long time but man i was so and i worked in the evenings i was just like who's drinking this shit whatever i'll brew pot when i first get there somebody at midnight is like oh this tastes like shit and i'm gonna like, brew another one
1: <laughs> <laughs> i I will say this for coffee a couple of years ago my i'm very very particular about my coffee um yep. my my coffee i don't know what, what do you call them tumblers yes I, I like them as as low maintenance as possible so um the ones at uh, Caribou Coffee. Not only do they go low maintenance with just a one-piece lid, where it's just the hole in it. It's not like you know the hole in the gasket. It's not like the sliding yeah. thing or any shit like that. And then they have all sorts of fish on them. So there's a largemouth bass one, and there's a bl- I have the currently you me drinking the bluegill one. Yep. Yeah, and then on the back it has a um, it has a silhouette of the state of Minnesota and it says "Drink like a fish" on it, which is just great. So That's I, I've, yeah, I've been drinking those for for years and my wife for christmas a couple years ago said i got something for you give it a whirl and it was just it was kind of a high tech container a coffee tumbler whatever you want to call it but it's got mm-hmm. it's almost like a, somewhere between a tumbler and a thermos so the top screws down it's pretty tight it's not yep. going anywhere it's got a lock on the thing i, I don't use it because the, the 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 mouthpiece doesn't really work well i end up throwing coffee all over myself yeah but that thing if I'm going out on Cape Cod in February and it's 30 degrees out. If I pour two a tumbler of coffee for myself to drink on the ride down and then I leave another tumbler in my car in 30 degree weather for 5 hours, 6 hours, mm-hmm. it's not warm, it's still hot. It's amazing like that uh, smaller. You well you've yeah. seen that one. That little Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah I've seen it. Looking one I have. Yep. Yeah, so that's I don't know like the brand this. on that which yeah, I have one of those too but the, that's how it acts, you know what I mean? You just leave, it's still hot in the cold. Yep. after
0: hours, it's it's absolutely amazing. It's a miracle of modern science. Yeah, it's I oh. I, I I absolutely freaking love it. So yeah, I mean it's it's funny. I, I have certainly carved a niche for myself as far as people thinking like I'm some wicked coffee stop, and it it's true. I will own that. That's a that's a a, a crown a, a title I proudly proudly own. But, uh, man, I'll tell you, like, I have had some nightmare cups of coffee, but I'll tell you what, I have never had any bad coffee post-fishing. Like, I'm usually looking forward to that cup right after we're done, you know? Mm. And it's like, it could be a million, I don't know why, it's like, it could be like a million degrees, middle of summer, and I will drink hot black coffee.
1: Yeah, yeah, I drink, I, I'll mm. drink it in, uh, you know, I, I don't drink iced coffee. I, I think it's it's tastes like bad coffee. That's me, it's like. <laughs>
0: The I do like are left out I do How like do? cold brew. Um, you know, I mean, I'll drink iced coffee as well. But I mean, I will also drink like the, the coffee that's in my mug right now has gotten cold just because we've been working on shit and putting some things yep. together. So, but I will drink this. I know some people are like, oh, this coffee's cold and they'll just dump it. I'm like, nope, whatever. I have, I have, this is awful. I have had like uh, uh, an Americano that I have not finished and like, you know, get wherever I am and I might forget it in the car. And then I'll go back to it <laughs> later and I'm like, oh, this is ice cold. Oh, well, Um, iced coffee is okay, but I'll tell you what I have before taken my uh, Nalgene bottles and just filled them with cold brew. Oh, really? uh, Yeah. And that's that. That's I mean, I drink an insane amount of coffee. I really, really do. So we're talking about like show sponsors and things like that. I mean, we should definitely look into that because I could use a little help with my my needs as far as uh, acquiring, uh, you know, the, the the bean juice, if you will.
1: <laughs> the bean juice. The juiced. bean
0: juice. Bean juice has another term too. I think it. You know.
1: <laughs> we'd have to go to Germany to get the exact definition. It's but.
0: perfect. <laughs> Let's go out for schnitzels after this. I think Let's, it's it's only fitting schnitzels and bean water Schnippel, schnitzels and bean water so what do we have so so that that covers that why don't we do this why don't we recount our weekends of fishing and then we'll we'll cover the tournament stuff after that how, how do you feel about that sean
1: that sounds just phenomenal that I, sounds like a way to kick off a fucking
0: monday yeah i it's, think that's you know the way we past, do it. past exploding nipples so uh do you want to go first or should should i
1: I, I don't know. I got a lot. I mean, I you I've got been fishing
0: lot. my ass off. Yeah, and you have a lot of. I have. I have. Uh, I'm a little bit less. That uh, needs to be out there. So, I mean, there was I've been out a lot of shorter trips for the most part. Is is actually what it kind of seems like. Uh, I had gone out. Well, I had gone out multiple days uh, last week, and I had been skunked. Uh, I I didn't get out Monday or Tuesday. I did get out Wednesday, and I, I fished with my uh, with my oldest daughter, and we got skunked pretty good. Like there was nothing. And actually, it was pouring rain that day. It was right before the temps actually really took like a nosedive. I think it was later that night that things got really, really chilly. And then Thursday, I don't remember getting out at all on Thursday. No, 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 I take that back. I did fish a little bit on Thursday. I was able to squeak out a little bit. Nothing. Um, Just these are all like quick little bank sends here and there. Nothing, nothing really happening. I got uh, uh, Friday, my my plan was to be able to get out and fish, but it was like pouring on on Friday. Actually, you know what? I take that back. Wednesday, I did fish, but it wasn't with my daughter. That was on Thursday. Thursday was an interesting day because we had gone to this one park where I'd been kind of cleaning up, actually. And it was pouring rain that day. There was nothing. We grabbed lunch. And then my, my oldest just got her permit. I think I mentioned that in the last show. And this week, actually, this week, she's like doing all driver's ed like crazy. So we went and I took her to a local college campus. It was pretty empty. And she drove around that campus. I like that because there's speed bumps and stuff. So she doesn't have to really, you know, she's got to kind of reel it in a little bit and be careful um, before I get her out on some actual roads. So there was that. And then Friday, Friday, it was it basically rained all day Thursday into Friday. It sucked. Um, Friday I had, uh, Friday was a big day. I got the trailer hitch installed. Yes, that you did. Was Friday, I had gone to uh, Cap and Hitch of New England, right here in West Springfield. Uh, I had called them a few weeks back and had talked about you know different you know options and things like that. Now, what what I'm doing here is, and this is a, 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 a sort of a unique situation. Um, we're in the process of you know you've got an amazing kayak uh, provided by Three Bells right this amazing kayak and uh three bells is anxiously looking forward to placing me in the right boat um we've had i've had conversations with lauren about this and and when we were down there talking with Derek, i mean it was like you know we had this conversation about putting me in the right boat and here's the thing my uh my ascend uh 128 t I was putting that right on the on the roof rack, right on my on the on the roof of my car. I don't really trust doing that with uh, this level of boat from uh, from Three Bells. So instead, what I'm going, what I'm doing is I'm getting a trailer. Now this is the tricky situation. I'm almost done paying off my car, and my daughter is about to start driving in the next X amount of months. So it's possible my wife and I will be doing a switcheroo. And my daughter will be driving the escape. Um, and then my wife will just upgrade. You know, I mean, she's got barely any miles on her uh, um, enclave and, but, and no tow pack. So I'm going to have to do this again is basically what it gets down to. Should this be the situation? If my wife says I'm just going to keep my car, then I'm going to be buying a pickup anyway. That's the plan. That's sort of the plan. So I just decided I'm like, you know, I'm just gonna do it. I'm gonna put the hitch on. We'll make it happen. I'm. F- I found a really minimalist trailer that uh, is basically a frame, and I'm going to customize it slowly uh, because I want to live with it and figure out what I want to do. So there's a few things there. I spent the entire morning uh, over at Cap and Hitch waiting for this to get done. I couldn't get an Uber ride back to save my ass, and I knew oh. it was only going to be a couple hours. So I'm like, at a certain <clears throat> point, I was just like. Well, well, screw it! I'm going to wait for it. But the way that they had to put the hitch on, there's these uh, muffler mounts that this bracket that kind of goes around the, around the exhaust system, and there's these mounts that hold them on. And as they took them off, one of them just disintegrated. The car is like seven years old now, um, so it's it was time. You know, it was like there's some corrosion going on there. So we had to wait for those parts. That added a little bit of time. Got everything all set. Went and did trivia that night. Had a great night. And then I got up that morning on Saturday. <laughs> so I got up on Saturday morning and I met out with my good buddy Pavlik. And uh, Paul and I, we took a ride out to a, I will say, a legendary fishery uh, in uh, in New England right now when you think of fishing in New England there's a couple of places that you think of right off the bat one of them is Quabbin Reservoir Uh, Quabbin is just open for fishing on Saturday we did not go there because the weather was so bad the cold the rain did not want to take a boat and go out there so we went to Wachusett Reservoir instead we fished the chew for the first time ever We took a ride out to the chew uh spent a little time in the car worth it completely now i will say this i've been talking about finding fish uh being my goal for 2021 and i took all the information that i had uh in the in the the months leading up to this and i i tracked down uh i I looked at some contour maps of the area where we were fishing i looked at as much as i possibly could in advance to be prepared Oh, and I found fish. I found fish. And I caught them both doing the same exact presentation and really kind of like planning for it and focusing on it. So let me explain the the situation here. What I had was this ridiculous deep hole with a steep drop-off that I I was working. And I go and I cast a natural Bill Lewis rattle trap beautiful trap perch kind of pattern i'm not gonna give the exact color because i just i reordered like six of them so i i go and i i let this just drop i'm just gonna let this play to the next track because it's worth it
1: hold on well first thing you hooked into let me guess was a montage
0: (laughs) first thing i hooked into was a montage (laughs) no so this is essentially what 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 uh What I was doing was I I had to sit and let this sucker just drop all the way down. And I was yo-yoing it up off the bottom. Just like ripping it, letting it drop, ripping it, letting it drop. And I get smacked. Like smacked. I'm like, holy shit. And there's a lot of line out. Like this fish was deep. And I knew they were going to be deep because it was 39 degrees when we got there. You know, and it was the same temperature earlier the, the day before. So I'm like, this water is cold. They're they're out deep. So I go and I, 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 I pull this fish in and it's a small lake trout. Actually so small that I thought it was a brown initially. I was like, oh yeah, this must be a brown. Because I've never seen a, a laker that small. Uh, so... He choked the rear hook of this rattle trap so badly. I finally get him free, and he's, got, he's, he's bleeding bad out of his gills. And I'm like, well, you're going to be lunch. So what I did was I went over to a bush where there was a, uh, some, some branches, took out my knife, and uh, smoothed them out a little bit, made a little loop, and then took another stick, popped it in the mud, and just pinned him there. In that one spot, left them in the water because I didn't have a cooler. Eventually, what happened was when we did leave, we we brought brought the fish back in a bag, uh, and uh, stopped at the nearest convenience store about five minutes away. Grabbed a bag of ice, and then you know got her home. She's delicious, by the way, <laughs> amazing. My yeah. wife, uh, my wife is not big on uh, on on fresh uh, freshwater fish at all, uh, and not big on actually most other other seafood for the most part. But uh, she was. I was expecting her to spit it out and she did not, which impressed me. My youngest daughter thought it was fantastic. So it was it was wonderful. I'm gonna stop with the epic music. So, no, <laughs> okay. no, loop oh, no, keep it going. I'm gonna keep it going. Let's do oh this one's called Sea Adventures. <laughs> <laughs> so I, Bobby Rooks beef, swashbuckling lake trout since 2021. Pretty much. Pretty much. And so this felt like redemption for a number of reasons. First off, you remember that time we went fishing with, uh, with Andy and Joe and Bill over in Central Mass last fall? And it was just like, I mean, you guys were catching rainbows. I think you caught a tiger trout, didn't you? I
1: caught it. Yeah, I caught a tiger trout.
0: Yeah, so you caught a tiger trout over there. I got, uh, I got skunked, and I'm like, holy crap! I'm like, I've never ever caught any trout on a non, uh, on on anything that wasn't live bait. You know, it's always been a nightcrawler, a mealworm, something like that. Never ever on anything artificial. And here I am with a half ounce crankbait, a half ounce rattle trap, and. Boom! I'm like, this is amazing. So at this point, Paul was over across behind me in another spot where he initially had started fishing It was much, much more shallow over there. So I shoot him a text. And I let him know I was like, you got to get over here where it's deeper. I'm like, trust me, just come on over. So we traversed this area and we went like, we we went hard. Like I, I told him, I was like, dude, I am impressed. I'm like, he was like getting into the woods. Like, I mean, it was, there were some, some spots where we kind of put ourselves out of our comfort zone. And uh, we work all the way over to this, uh, this other end of this bank, same idea, same kind of drop-off, just dropped off in this other area. But it was all rocks where we were over there. Now I should say this, unfortunately, I was pulling up a lot of line um, that was discarded as I was yo-yoing off the bottom. Uh, and I took uh, all that line and I chucked it in uh, a, a local uh, <laughs> trash barrel that was not too far from where I was fishing. So I did hook into something rather large, like either a big log or got myself wedged into a couple of rocks. And I did break off that trap. That trap that has caught me 10 fish this year. It was It was soul-crushing. But uh. knowing that I was going to, I was ready, and I had another extremely similar, not the same model, extremely similar color. I had this uh, this arc. Uh, I forget the, the the model number. This arc lipless. It was a little bit heavier. It might have been, um, it might have been uh, what five eighths. This it was a, a, just just a, a touch heavier. And I go and I'm doing the same thing just yo-yoing off the bottom with that and I caught a 16 and a half inch large mouth and awesome. this was a this was a like hit like a freight train like as I was letting things just kind of flutter flutter back down hits this bait I get I'm like hooked right in the middle of the mouth like just fantastic. And I'm I'm psyched. I'm like, this is amazing. So I release that fish. Everything's good. I'm fishing around this one area again. I get hung up again, and that sucker broke off. What sucks about that? That's an eighteen-dollar crankbait. <laughs> that are those arc arc baits are no joke. But hey, you know what? I, I I knew the pattern. I knew the color, and I knew the presentation. And then I spent the rest of the day basically trying to find something right along those lines i was throwing a swinging football head jig with a yoda worm on it i was throwing uh a chatterbait i threw a chatterbait as well with did i use the yoda worm or maybe it was a craw i think i might have used a craw trailer on that still that like natural perch bluegill kind of look and uh, and there was there was just nothing to be had from that point also at this point you know this like i said this is a, a body of water that is in the worst possible conditions but it's still kind of like a destination for bank anglers for sure. I mean, if you haven't fished there, like, you know, you, you owe it to yourself. It's, there's a lot to cover. You know, there's there's su- such a huge area over there at Wachusett. So as we're, we're fishing in this one spot, it's starting to fill up more and more and more. You see people showing up and throwing out trout lines and stuff. And they got their chairs set up along the bank. And, you know, people are kind of making their way around. And we're like, you know what, man? I think we might have kind of missed it. We had to get back early afternoon anyway. I told Paul. I was like, hey, let me buy lunch. We'll take a ride. We'll, we'll, we'll get the hell out of here. So that's what we did. We headed back home, and, and Paul, for his first time, enjoyed Popeye's chicken for his first time, and he was sold. And and this came out of a conversation because I have a new question I'm incorporating in some of our interviews about chicken joints. You guys will hear the details, but generally it's like, you know, what's your favorite chicken joint? And the caveat is it either has to be in a gas station or it has to be uh, something that has a drive through that's basically it so it's a good question so we had it was a great afternoon really really great then i had gone out on sunday with my youngest daughter and we tried to fish uh, this one spot and it was just packed like so many people i was like you know let's go a couple other places i just don't want to have to pull like wacky worms out of trees or anything so i was looking for like yep. wide open accessible kind of stuff for her so we had gone to another park um no luck over there at all. It was also like midday. Sun was right up overhead, partly cloudy. It was a beautiful day. It was starting to warm up, but they were not biting at all. Hit another pond after that, a pond that's uh, actually on the campus of a school. And I've always always felt weird going over there to fish, but I'm like, I got my kid. That's the perfect excuse to just sneak on over and just be like, Oh yeah, if you try and get her on some fish. No luck over there. And then we went over to uh tractor supply to re up on some pet food for the dogs and the stupid cat. Nice. Yeah, it was it was an amazing weekend. Uh and it was all all had to do with with that last or that that trip on Saturday it was fantastic. Yeah. Hmm.
1: yeah that Wachuusa trips awesome. Um so much fun. I mean, I, I would have probably kept that lake trout either. Either way, because yeah, I eat, I eat trout. I catch so few of them. Every one I catch, I eat.
0: Honestly, I same. it would have been the same thing for me, but definitely 100%. Like when, when I saw how bad he was bleeding after I was able to get that, that trouble out of the back of his throat, like tucked way back there, I was just like, I'm not letting this fish go to waste. You know, definitely, definitely not. And it's like, it's tough because it happened so early. I think I caught him at like 7 a.m. And then we left right about 10.30 or 11.00. So I'm like, I don't have a, uh, have a, uh, any ice or, or a cooler at all with me right now. I'm like, so well, we'll put them on a string or leave them in the water. And then if, if the way I figured it, I was like, if I go anywhere from this one spot, I'm going to come back and collect the fish. But if something picks them up and flies off of them, awesome, it didn't go to waste. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like this way, I w- I'll i at least take it. And that water was so cold, kept it nice and fresh. So we're, we're good. We're good to go. Perfect. I'll tell you. Perfect. I- cleaning that trout was an educational experience for my daughter, Delaney. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah she was like, "Oh my god." She's like, "Are you going to cut the tail off, too, dad?" And I was like, "I have to. He won't fit in the pan."
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and this this uh that leads into the um the question that I called you and had when we talked about this this yep. adventure on the phone the other day. I had called you or I had talked to you and I said um did you save the head and the tail? And you were very quizzically asking me, why would I do that? And I said, well, one of the things with a lot of the rehabilitation and stuff I'm putting my body through over the years of, you know, the military shit is uh, I now go to acupuncture and it's been absolutely life-changing. Like I, I, I remember the first day I was done with it and I called you. I'm like, this is absolutely amazing. Like my back has felt my, it was like somebody reset the clock on my back. Yeah. 18 years. Since I started having problems on uh, deployment years ago, I, I, it's been daily pain for 18 years. And then this, my first, even the first treatment was so, how do I put this? I mean, it was incredible. It was it was staggering what actually how I walked out of there. I felt yep. like I was on cloud nine. I, I couldn't believe what was happening. But my acupuncturist. Um, That's right. Yeah, is is uh, she she actually talked to me about fishing a little bit, and she said, well, what do you do with the, um, you know, the, what you have left over when you're done filleting? Yep. And I said, I, well, m- for the most part, they go into the garden. It's compost, yeah. Yeah, or compost or whatever. But I said, I, at some point during the summer, usually I have to start throwing them out because there's only so many fish you can put into a garden before it becomes a garden of dead fish. Exactly. Which she laughed at, and she said, why don't you give them to me? I said, okay, I'll freeze everything. So she makes a... I, b- I believe it's Chinese fish head soup Yep, that she has a recipe for. So now it's great. I, I do my fillets and I go ahead and I say, I freeze the, the remainder in carcasses. Yep. They're just going to get made into a stock anyways and give them right to her. She is so happy. Oh yeah. Like when I show up and I'm like, Hey, I got the cooler now. It's like, Oh Sean, you're my favorite. I'm like, Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Look, man. look me
1: up. I mean, <laughs> it's the least I can do. I mean, there's no, there's no downside to this. You know yeah. what I mean? The, everything's being used yeah my back doesn't hurt for the first time in 18 years I yeah. mean come on you know it just makes sense but it's um, crazy yeah yep that's the beauty my, of it yeah <laughs> yeah it's great I, I, I can't say enough so thank thanks to her for helping me with my back and she can have all the fish she wants I'm I'm firing up I actually I'll get into it in a minute but John and I made quite the haul last night so. yeah that's what but I hear doesn't cousin john and i went out but i'll go through chronologically here so okay um Dude, last would, you, week, would you like a bed of music as well <laughs> yes yeah, is it that music. epic no i'm just kidding i don't okay. want any music no it's not that epic <laughs> circus music Hold on, let, me, let me grab a, a swig of coffee here Hold on. Oh. Uh, all right so last week the eighth through the 14th was my week in the monthly to fish yep um the first week uh I believe there was only one angler for the MAKB monthly. It was Steve O'Brien. I'll be meeting Steve tomorrow, actually, as we got paired up in our first round knockout matchup. So we're, mm-hmm. we're fishing a lake in in central Massachusetts tomorrow. Actually, I think it's a small chain of lakes, whatever. We got we're to gonna get go Steve out
0: on the show. Actually, we, I had a conversation over the winter with Steve and oh. we just never connected the dots. So we got to get him on the show.
1: Oh, so I'll see him tomorrow. I'll yeah. let him know to reach out or get on the calendar and schedule. So yeah, we, uh, uh, he 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 went first. He uh, he was the only person to fish in the first week, and he got uh, I think he put eighty four inches up on the board out of five fish, which is that's completely respectable, and nobody yeah. would sniff at that in a tournament. I came up next second week, and I think there was only one other person that picked the second week as well. And I topped ninety. I got a ninety one and a quarter, and then the third week, Ken Wood, Derek Brundle, and Matt Conant all mm-hmm. picked and they they were all in tournaments, and I am now in fourth place because those three fished. Ken wow. went out and absolutely killed it on A1, which I'll get uh, get into in a minute. I did what I could. The last day I had, I went... Or the last two days I had, I went to A1, which the A1 site, I, we've talked about it a little bit on the show.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The A1 site is completely unique to Massachusetts. There aren't many places like it here in the state. I'm, there's places like it all over the country, but not, yeah. not many around here. It is... Paved with stumps yeah. and it's dangerous stumps. Nate actually, Nate Shagnon actually made a really good analogy. I usually say it looks like an Indiana Jones pit, you know, in a yeah. temple somewhere with all the spikes because in the middle of this flooded area are they left the trees when I'm guessing it was the core engineers or whoever did, whoever made this, yep. this reservoir. And over the years, the wind and the the water have just wore down these trees so that they're like spikes. So if you go in, you're getting skewered. Like it's not even a joke. Yeah. It's what I I don't like taking people that are not experiencing kayaks there because you've got to watch your ass out there. You'll get you'll get fucked up. Yep. <clears throat> but it's it's with all the timber, it's got a ton of bass. It's I'm, got a good yeah. pickerel population. I went there and. I always laugh and say it's a it's like a, a 17 18 inch fish factory. And the running joke over the past like 4 years is that every every knockout tournament I schedule my first round there mainly it's been because I've been the only guy out west and everyone else has been coming east and that is almost at the intersection of 495 which runs north to south from New Hampshire to Cape Cod yep. and Interstate 90 so I'd have to come from 90 and whoever else is coming up or down 495 we meet there and it's right there. Yeah. Um, but it is dangerous. If anybody's listening to this and wants in in New England and wants to go fish that thing, I'd be very wary about taking a canoe out there.
0: Tread if cautiously. Nice,
1: if you got a nice bass boat, be careful because it's it's murky water too. So you can't see shit. I've I'm experienced there. And, and even last time I took the pedal kayak out, yep. I hit four or five stumps, and it scared me because I didn't see them. Yeah. So I went out there. Um I think it was on the 13th or 12th. And again, pumped in my 17, 18-inch fish quota. Got a few left. And I had one day left to fish that monthly. And I should make mention of this. Thank you to my wife for letting me go balls out on this tournament for the week. Because she just said, don't worry.
0: (laughs) Let's be honest. Yes. Yeah.
1: She said, don't, you know, she kind of made a face when I said the condition of the house will return to normal after a week. But just give me this week and we'll see what we can do here. And she let me have it, so thank you to her. Um, So I hit A1, got my 18s. I think I got two 18s and a 17. The next night I said, well, I've got one last night to fish this weekly tournament. Where am I going to go? And I'm a guy who will really examine, look at where, you know, not my favorite places, but look at what's been producing and where. And I went back to the Quaybog River where we had the tournament. Just went by myself one evening and um, just didn't – it just didn't pan out. I got a ton of fish. I actually ended up scoring more points on the chronic trip than I did for the, for the monthly. But, you know, I got a uh, what did I get there? I got a I got a big crappie. And I think I rounded out my any five category with a couple
0: of pickerel and a couple of bass. that nice. just needed to go in. I see Rodney's commenting. Yep, He says need live scope on your yak. And I'm thinking to myself, that's probably going to happen. I'm just uh, saying probably
1: probably not. I've seen I've I've been watching it, which I'll get into in a minute on another adventure. Yep. Oh, it's probably um, gonna happen for me. <laughs> well, I've been watching I've been watching it on Andy's kayak on yeah. Andy's uh bass boat. And there are a number of kayakers that I fish against that have it. Oh yeah. Um but
0: it's not just having it, it's dialing it in yes. and then knowing how to use it. And that's that's the geeky shit I love, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, I did watch, I'll get into it in a minute, but I did watch some incredible things happening underwater on Andy's bass boat the Mm -hmm. other day, but after a one and after the Quabog river next up we had, Oh no, I'm sorry. Sandwiched in between those two, we had a a bit of a crazy adventure and I didn't have a lot of high hopes going in with large bass, but it was, it was a chance. Now for anybody who's listening, that's outside of new England. And outside of Massachusetts, Massachusetts has got some funky, you know, uh, what it, ge- geographical shit going on. Okay. Yeah. So the Cape is on the coast; it always stays warmer. Then you climb up a little bit, and you've got some elevation around the middle of the state, around Worcester. Then it drops down into the valley, and then it goes up way high on the western side of the state. So it's yep. almost like a uh, 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 like that, like a you know, what do they call it? Like a hockey stick. Yeah. Kind of, you know. So. The Cape warms up first. Like right now, I'm betting those fish are, are spawning or close to. Yeah. All right. But versus the Berkshires where I was at yesterday and the day before, those fish are still in just getting out of ice out mode. Oh yeah. Like, like winter fishing for Cape Cod is happening. In, They're like four weeks behind. Yeah. It's it. Well, I wouldn't go that far. It was in. It was starting to touch the 50s. Yeah. But I mean, the, the waters on the Cape have got to be in the mid 60s or close to 60 right now. Yeah. So, ten degrees. I mean it's a huge, huge swing, especially this time of year where those fish on the cape are either like I said, getting ready to spawn some of them might be spawning they're they're full they're they're at their point of you know saturation, and if you're a weight measurement fisherman, this is the time Business of year is when you want it, yeah, but up in the Berkshires, they haven't even gotten going yet they're they're still at that that get a nibble before it gets dark out phase, which I found out last night was fine i we we did a good job, but. So Delirious and I went up to Spookyville, the place we've described with uh, the the reclaimed cabins and stuff that oh, are yeah. slowly rotting around the lake. You've been up there with me. That place is creepy as hell. And he, De- Delirious, was dying to get out there. I said, "All right, we'll meet you. We'll meet up there on whatever it was Tuesday." And it was kind of a, <clears throat> kind of a long shot for the monthly. And uh, yeah, we went out there. We caught a few fish, or I caught what the hell did I catch? I think I caught a few bass. And, again, they were extremely lethargic, and I i don't think he caught anything. I can't remember. Yep. But it was – well,
0: wait a minute. I got my notebook right in front of me. I want to jump in here and mention that. Uh, so so Jay Manning jumps in. He says that Quabog River is at 42 degrees after being about 10 degrees warmer last week. The lake was at 45 to 49 at the surface. That's That sounds about right. I mean, that, yep. this, this cold system really did – slow things up especially like when you're like i mean out out at the cape i thought it probably didn't take as much of a beating um because you're still i mean even if you drop 10 degrees you're still somewhere in the 50s this had pushed back quite a bit so it'll be interesting to see exactly when i haven't seen a fish on a bed yet
1: no we're not gonna for yeah a while. it's
0: gonna be okay. that's it's gonna be a little while and i th- i want to say I'd have to look look back, but I wanna say I think it was maybe, maybe like third week of April. Maybe.
1: It changes every year. I had last uh, year was I was I could look at my I could look through my my database. There was one year on the Cape because we had a very, very extended cold spring. Yep. I remember going out camping in the middle or middle or late May. Middle of May or late May. And there was a storm system that was just finishing up. And it was almost Memorial day and those fish were still in pre-spawn on the Cape, but that was, For real. Kind wow! Of, that was years that's a ago. rare yeah.
0: situation. Yeah. I,
1: I keep an eye on that because it, every year is different. You never yep. know what's going to happen. Like right now we're kind of getting a little bit of an extended spring with that cold front that came through, yep. you know, so it's,
0: it's less of a, of a, of a time thing and more of a temperature thing, you know, and that's, that's going to vary.
1: But, yeah. And then, and there's a lot of factors that, fig- yep. that figure in that the, the daylight um, and it, you know, if, if, the other, the, the, what is it? What's the term? Is it, what's the term for fish that uh, live in salt and fresh water? It's not Andromedus, is it?
0: Uh, no, I'm not sure. I know what you're talking
1: androgenous, about. Androgynous? Androgynous. Is it androgynous? I don't know. The, our, our, our staff biologist is going to yell at me if he's listening, but I think it's <laughs> androgynous. It's, it's called David Bowie. So. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, I mean when when the fish, when the herring and the shad start coming up all the rivers, I mean the bass are gonna be turned on. And they that's usually the last stage of their pre-spawn is when those things get there. So
0: are they
2: German? who knows?
1: Yes. Okay. Exploding, exploding shad and exploding herring. <laughs> Delirious and I, we had a good time. It was fun being out there with him. We had a blast, but we didn't catch a lot. I only got two fish. A 14 and a 15. Like I said, I don't think he I don't think he caught any. But that's the Berkshires this time of year. What are you gonna do? Yeah, A hundred percent. Yep. Continuing on in two other Berkshire locations, uh, Andy and I went out on his boat. Now, Andy has been absolutely killing it on the Chronic Trips tournament. And I believe he was in second or tied for first when we went out two nights ago. He was fishing during the morning and then said he was going to move lakes. And I said, well, I'll meet you. Where are you going? And he told me. And I said, well, why don't we go to why don't we try this one lake, this bigger lake up, in the, up the shears? And actually, you've been to it, too. And yep, uh, it's got pike in it. And I said, well, let's let's, let's, let's get see what we can pike. do. Yeah, let's see what we can do about some pike. Well, we were out there for like six hours with few minimal bites up on the north corners. And I, I, I said, all right, screw it. I, I, I have no other ideas. I'm lost on finding fish of this place. It's too new for me, and it's really big. And I said, well, maybe it we get off more than we can chew. We went to one wind-sheltered cove, and I got absolutely plastered, thumped on a, on a lipless crankbait. Um, I use Rapala ones mostly, but I do have a couple other kinds. This yep. one was a Rapala Rattlin Wrap. Got absolutely smoked. 28-inch pike. I'm on the board for the pike. I'm the only guy with the pike points for that. That That's would make awesome. me very happy. That's a full and point then, right? Yes. Yeah. And Andy, was, Andy was very happy because he doesn't like... He, he's He's very concerned with skunks in and out of his boat. Yeah. So he's had one skunk in his boat the entire time he's owned this new one, which is two years, and he was very unhappy with it. And the skunk was during ridiculous cold weather conditions so i told him not to worry about it. he's like skunk's a skunk yeah so i was he was happy that i got the skunk out of his boat and during that right after i caught that northern we got to see a bait ball form underneath us and a predator trying to get at the bait ball from different angles it was kind of neat with the live scope and i mean it's great but it's it's super expensive and it's not something that i'll be investing in any time in the future oh
0: yeah you know it's it's funny as you were telling me that i i was reminded of i went out with tim jacks on that same body of water and we saw just these huge schools of perch and i mean that 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 lake is really deep and when we were fishing it it was it was really clear was it was it also clear when you were out there oh yeah yeah Yeah.
1: it was yeah it was i think visibility was down to about nine or ten feet yep So, no
0: shit. Yeah, that's pretty good. So, there's no, there
1: was no weed growth.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When you see, when you see just like, just giant bait balls like that, like just chilling and, you know you're you're able to see the the predatory fish that are nearby. It's 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 absolutely amazing. That's how it was at Wachusett, Actually, it was really really clear. And when I when I showed up, I was like, well, I've got natural stuff on because, like, I'm starting to kind of follow that. Like, I'd rather be prepared and be throwing throwing natural than anything else in case it's clear versus showing up with like chartreuse and black and blue for everything. Yeah, you know. Uh, so that's kind of what I you know w- what I've been doing. And I was like, okay, so this will work out. I was expecting, especially after all that rain, that it was going to be pretty muddy but it was really clear up where we were i, I was pretty surprised not going to complain yep yeah
1: yep i'm not going to complain about that pike either put me in yep. first place in that category Dude, that's and awesome bounce me up which i'll get into in a minute on the chronic trips because there's been another shake up at the standings this this chronic trips is just this is it i i said it last week yeah. this is so fun now because everybody involved is turning in fish and i think right now there's there's twenty-something people in it, and I think like an easy, well over fifty percent are in contention to win it. Yeah, that's insane. that's, that's shit has gotten close. And yep. Nelson's in North Carolina, shark fishing right now. Of
2: <laughs> so. course, as you do.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh. as you do. The only the only other fishing adventure I have, and then I want to talk real briefly about the what I have planned coming up for this week. Yep. Um, John and I went and checked out a lake. Up the shears that you and I have frequented, and you know I, I'm a fan of. I'm not going to mention it. That has largemouth and smallmouth in it. Mm-hmm. And he and I went out there, and it's a clear, shallow, pretty shallow lake. Yeah. It was a little higher because of the the recent rain and snow up there. Um, first I don't know. We got there what four? We got there 4:30 yesterday, and then nothing. I, I think John got two fish real quick, and then we sat for two hours and got no bites, no nothing. Yeah. One of the two fish he caught though was a nice. Like 15 and a half inch smallmouth. So that
0: was really good. That's not bad. I think I saw a picture of that one. That was a good yeah.
1: fish. Yep, he put that up. And then we made our way around the lake and I said, you know, I saw fish on this one side. Let's see if they're hungry and make one last pass. And this was at maybe five till seven. It was starting to get dark out. The yep. wind had picked up. And between seven o'clock or six six fifty-nine and seven forty last night, those fish turned on. And it was a fish every couple of minutes between the two of us. That's amazing. It was awesome. Nothing
0: huge. Yeah, but, but, just, but a lot. Yeah, a when, lot the, of the when the switch flips inches. like that, that is so cool. You know.
1: Yeah, they. That's their. That's like a winter thing. I find is where fish will sit around, sit around, sit around. Right before it gets dark, that's like the warmest part of the day. They'll they'll turn on for a little bit, and that's there's your window. Yeah. It was great. We kept, um, we kept our limits because they weren't big fish, and I don't mind eating large and smallmouth as long as mm-hmm. they're under you know, 15 inches. If they get over 15, you're talking mercury, I try to stay away from that. Yeah. We kept our limits, and I've got a cooler to, uh, to fillet when I get home today. That's awesome. And after we record today, I am loading up and going out to a lake in central Massachusetts that I've never fished before that does have northern in it. And uh, Eric Graves, gravy fishing, yep. wanted to uh, to get out with me, and he's been he's he and I've been talking about it and planning it for oh man, it's been a while. We, I think yeah. we even tried to get out last year or something, and it just never happened. So I'm gonna get him out and. Get on the water see what we can do. And then uh, then he's all yours this evening. I believe you're recording an interview with him tonight, right? Yeah,
0: we're recording later this evening. So I'm going to – after actually, right after we're done, I'm going to just start, start putting the show together and get things ready to go so it can be uh, up and out ASAP because I would like to try to get out and fish uh, locally today if possible. And then I've got that interview and uh should be good i'm just you know we'll, we'll see what happens you know we'll play it all together but this week is 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 a crazy week the kids my kids are are off Um, so I don't have to worry about bringing them to school or working around the school day or anything. My wife is actually off this week. She's transitioning jobs and now she works in a school system as a school nurse. So she's off this week, but she's leaving her other job and had elected to go in and help this new person get on, you know, up to, up to speed. That's taking her position there. So Team player. Yeah, team player. Absolutely. I told her, I was like, you do realize that, that most other people would not do this. Like, I'm like, how many times have you started a position? It's been an absolute shit show. When you've got there, you've had to put things in order. And she's like, no, 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 I know. She's like, I, you know, I just go go and, you know, do it. I would expect somebody else to do I was like, Mm-mm, they would not just know that. I'm like, you're special. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, she's doing that, um, but she'll she, be around she... a lot
1: more. You know what? While she's doing all that training... Yep. I think she. I think. I think you need to provide her a montage. A montage, you yes. think? Yes. A montage of of anything. What's
0: a, specific? What's a,
1: a, some sort of a healthcare montage? Maybe the theme song to Doogie Howser, MD, or some shit. <laughs> 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 oh, a
0: theme song to Doogie Hauser MD.
1: <laughs> Do we have that? <laughs> oh, I not not at the top. For for everybody who's under 30 years old and doesn't know what the hell we're talking about, (laughs) I'm going to (laughs) just pick a
0: random one right here. This is, this is, uh, here we go. When I tell you what it's called. (laughs) 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 This is called Billy the Doctor.
1: Goodness. this is phenomenal if you play this for your wife and it tell it's her it tell you it tell her it's your it's her new theme song she's going to punch you I, yeah oh yeah
0: it doesn't take much for her to punch me it's, it's good <laughs> oh, my god. oh my god that is awesome <laughs> boom, boom 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 uh we're going to be recording a new episode of the shit show soon That's going to be a good one. Yep, Elise is on the road, so this will be a a traveling one. So it'll be it'll be interesting. And I've got to edit. I've got two that I have to edit to get uh, done and and put out soon. That that we're we're looking to launch a little bit closer to the summer. We want to get about a half dozen or so in the can, so that that way because her schedule is going to get insane. Um, But one of the things that we talked about in this uh, last episode we recorded were top sheets. You know that when you, when you buy a set of sheets, it comes with the fitted sheet generally for your mattress and then a top sheet that goes over the top and then whatever pillowcases are included. So we, we kind of... Went through a list of anglers, actually, professional anglers, and she gave her opinion if she felt like they were a top sheet user or a top sheet uh, loser, where they just lose the top sheet completely, and it never sees the light of the day once it goes in the linen closet. And that was an interesting and r- albeit random conversation, but that's what happens after a few libations. Yeah. That's the shit show. That's, that's that, the that bottom the line of the shit show. Yeah. So, and we had a conversation about top sheet, Sean, and we're on the same page. Leave that thing out there for, like, you know, when you – You know, you know the one time a year I like using them—summertime when it's crazy hot. Yeah, yes, take place in the comforter. You know, yes, Yes. Uh -uh. I definitely, definitely get that. (laughs) Yep. Hey, I'm looking at I'm looking at our
1: list here, man. We put a pretty big fucking ding in this shit. We did everything except for the tournament wrap ups.
0: Yeah, that's all we got. What do we see? Yeah, dive right in. What was that? Oh, that was just uh, an an Apple News Spotlight notification. Oh, no worries. Please, please do not
1: use our Dr. Bob theme song for your wife. We will sue your balls off.
0: <laughs> no, no, no! It's 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 royalty free. It's it's we're free and clear to use all we want. <laughs> uh, some of these guys are going to be going to work. listening to this show. They're going to be like, "What
1: is wrong with these idiots?" This this should be the theme song for the "fuck this guy" segment. We'll it just really keep should. That, keep that in our back pocket.
0: <laughs> uh, download as mp3 yeah there we go all right cool let me jump right in jump you're, right in well you keep it
1: playing all right no I keep, we can't no yeah we can't we can't we,
0: we, we got to. we're a serious news organization we gotta be <laughs> we gotta be on this we turned down an application from walter
1: cronkite to be a part of this show we you know we got to keep it straight and narrow here we
0: do we really can't really do that shit oh hang on yeah. I, I can give you some news music if you're how about how about you know what you know what news music would be great? How, yeah, that's no, that's, that's not good that's news music. not news
1: music. <laughs> how about the uh, the 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 streamer or the ticker music from behind? Uh, what was it? Sam the Eagle on the Muppet Show when he used to do the news. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh man. You know what I'm talking
0: about. I know exactly what you're talking about. I know exactly exactly what you're talking about, but I don't I don't have that nearby. So we'll we'll try this one. It's called a journalist's dream. And you can take it away with the uh, the tournament update.
1: Oh, wow. That's a good one. Look at that. Whoa. It's got some punch. Here we are. Whoa. I, gotta, I, gotta, I want to get the flow going here before I start talking so I don't, like, mid-sentence have this punch come up and I don't know what's going on. I don't want my guitarist to start soloing over me. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. I hear you. I think you'll be all right. This is the news dropout. All right. Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. This weekend was the opener for the MAKB Eastern Division at the aforementioned A1 site in Westboro, Massachusetts, which is a stump filled, desolate wasteland. 25 anglers got out there, two of the 25 caught limits because of the weather conditions. That's how bad things were in Massachusetts this past week. Again, A1 provided a number of 17 and 18-inch largemouth and a couple of decent pickerel. Finishing
2: fifth.
1: I don't know how many fish he caught. I didn't write that down. With Gerard Elias. Good job, Gerard. Way to finish in the money. Finishing fourth. John Ferreira, friend of the show, been on a few times. Mm-hmm. And by the way, check out uh, John's episode of the breakdown from last week. I was on there because I uh, was it last week. Two it weeks was. ago, it was last week. What was last week? Yep. Yeah, yep. Check it, check that out. Uh, I was on there talking. Uh, what was I talking? Quabog River, Quaybog Pond tournament. Mike Morcone, who I fished against last year at A One in the knockout tournament. Uh, A One is one of his favorite sites, and Mike finished third. Great job. Then here is the two limit me, uh, makers. Nate Shagnan, friend of the show, caught his five fish, finished second. Ken Wood, finished first, five fish, and he got the lunker, twenty-inch largemouth. Also in the money, pickerel lunker, pickerel lunker, good friend, uh, Ari Stonehill. Ari and I fished together. We fished together in a knockout years ago, and have kept in touch ever since. Great job on him, getting a big twenty-one and a twenty-one and a quarter, twenty-one and a quarter-inch pickerel. So. Makb Eastern Division is up and running. Their next event is, uh, I believe, the end of May at Wauquett Lake in Barnstable, out on the Cape. And uh, hopefully, I'll be able to get out on that one because I love Wauquett. I might even fish for bass. I might even fish for pickerel during that and just take my lumps in the bass category
0: and just go out for big pickerel. There you go. It's not a bad idea. Yes.
1: On to chronic trips. But I, I I can't say enough about this tournament. This is like this is the epitome of what I think Seth and I both you know, envisioned when this got going, we have, I'm going to go through the entire standings, do it of people because people have been pumping fishing. We'll start at the bottom. One fish submitted. It's fine. I'm not judging. Participation is paramount in this. And this is where everyone's a winner. Everyone, nobody but not everyone gets a participation trophy, but whatever. Yeah. Ted Douglas has one point. Ted's our, our buddy at three bells. Yep. Who does all their work, uh, all their kayak work. He's the technician of the, uh, of the organization ted's got one in he's got one point austin carlson also has one point todd Trimley has two points but that is going to change as i saw he submitted something while we were recording it was yep. a trout it was big he might have taken the trout category we'll find out if he does that's taking some points away from mark and we'll come back to that in a minute oh ho, ho, we will Derek artioli also of three bells has three points uh oh god Derek Bloom. I see. I should have had the names up. God damn it. Mr. Bloom, five points. And I put that in the wrong spot. I didn't update that. Boy, I'm really fucking prepared here with a nice theme song and everything. Oh, it's all good. You got this. I got this. All right. I'm letting the theme music down is what I'm doing. Let me take a a step back. All right. Laura Huard, four points. Brock Jenkins, four points. Tim Jacks, five points. I believe it's Derek Bloom if I... Jacked up their first name. I apologize, Mr. Bloom. Five points. Nelson with five
2: points.
1: (laughs) Berkshire Brett with six points. Jerry Howes with six points. Now, here's where I say everything gets interesting because you're within a fish of second place. Yeah. Okay? Seven points. Our main man, Sticky Fred. Seven points. John Connon. Seven points, Nate Shagnon Then eight points, we've got George Costa and Blake Dodson. That's awesome, man. George is yeah. up there. That's great, yeah. dude. <laughs> nine nine points, um, Mr. Eggleston up in the Berkshires. Yep. And Teddy Forget. Now, Teddy was ruling the roost in the first week. Teddy's at nine points now because that's the beauty of this tournament. Not only can you score points for yourself, but at the same time, take away points from people who are leading. It's intense yes now top three but it's actually top four because there's a tie in there lip gripper our boy Mitch Skase yep 10 points third place by himself Mr Quinn who had jumped out in front 11 points he's in second place then we have a tie for first which again once I do some certification this morning might not be a tie anymore I and Mark Myself and Mark Hewitt are tied at 12 points apiece. Oh. Now, if you remember some of the tournaments for last year, people were hitting the 20s to win. Yeah. We have 12 points at the top. One fish, if you take a category, gets you four points. So anybody with nine points, you're going right to first. Anybody with eight points, you're now tied for first. Yeah. Seven, six, six points will get you into the top three. That's half the field right there. It's- there is nobody's, nobody's
0: out of this. No. No. This is awesome. <laughs> this is intense. And this week, this week, this is why this is so crazy. Sean, tell them about what's happening this week with chronic trips in the virtual fishing tournament. This week, what day? Tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow is hope. the day. Tomorrow. So the day you're Tomorrow's... hearing this, if you're hearing this right now, or if you're a jighead and you're hearing this, it's tomorrow.
1: Yes, I'm sorry. The 4, 420,
0: as, yep. as we
1: all know. As 420 the kids say. Is, As the kids say, 420 is momentous holiday in certain circles. Chronic Trips is gonna respect that. And for everyone who turns in a fish, whether it's it gets culled or not, I'm going to be able to see that you submit, submitted a fish on 420. If you do submit a fish, you will receive a one point bonus. One point, submit a fish. I don't care if it's a four inch bluegill. No, well, it's gotta be legal. It's, it's gotta six be inch, in a, yeah. Six inch bluegill or eight inch anything else. Submit a fish, you will get a one point bonus. So I am blown away at this. Yeah. It's tight. It's fun. Whoever wins this, congratulations to you. Hopefully it's me, but we'll see. <laughs> and uh yeah, I, I'm excited. So I'm gonna get out there on a, on a pike-filled lake with uh, with gravy fishing here in a couple hours and uh see what we can do. It's I still be have awesome. to get a perch. I have not I have not yet caught a I, I made a list of shit I haven't caught yet. And I, I'm kind of keeping track of stuff. So I have my little chronic trips note here. I need, oh, I got my smallmouth last night, so I can cross him off the list. I have not caught a bowfin, catfish, perch, or trout. I'm being realistic. I don't think I'm going to get on the ocean. Probably no salt for me. Yep. And then I have my list of my any fives that
0: I need to update. So we'll see where it goes. I'm, fucking ecstatic this is great this has turned out to be an amazing tournament this month i mean not only just with with the uh with the the level of competition you know as far as people getting on some fish and and it being crazy like uh, let's be honest you know andy andy quinn crushed it (laughs) last, last week i mean like he really he went and turned this into like a real competition and but not only that the just the number of people competing is higher it's right on par i think with the first month or, or or maybe even this the second month that we had done it like it, it's it's up there so you get this many people competing and it can go absolutely anywhere <laughs> it's it's freaking exciting you mentioned perch Sean and I shared a picture of a perch that I oh, I can only describe uh, as having what I like to refer to as Bobby roast beef belly look at that perch I
1: thought that was a largemouth no did you really yeah. No shit. Yeah. No, that can't, dude. That can't be a perch. Look
0: how big it is. <sighs> I have no idea. <clears throat> what was that on Instagram? Yeah. I gotta look. Yeah. He had uh, the original post uh, posted with regram. at perch zone is the name of the account. And yeah, yeah. I mean, look at some of these fish. Huh. Just massive, absolutely massive, and I've caught some yeah. big perch, but not like that. I'm like, holy crap! But yeah, that one's built in the midsection, like your old boy, brb. Damn. Yeah. Well, you know what? I guess with the orange fins, you're right. I was yeah. like, holy shit! I'm like, that's not a bass. I'm like, that is a perch. And
1: for all the anglers out there, yep. We'll, we'll we'll just delve into this real quick. We can always come back and get feedback on it. Mm-hmm. You know. There's there's a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation with catching fish and taking pictures of them. You can either hold the thing out and make the fish look bigger and then get accused of holding it out and making the fish look bigger. Yep, yep. Or you can hold it up to your body and the fish looks smaller. And then you say, well, that's a five-pound bass or a, that's a yeah. six-pound bass. You say, nope. Somebody will go, no, it's, that doesn't look like a six-pound bass. You're a liar. Yep. So you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. You know what I always do? What's that? I hold them out because if I'm going to get made fun of, I'm going to have it, you know, not even get made fun of. I'm going to be accused of being a liar. You know, um, I'd rather be the other way and say, yeah, "Yeah, that's a smaller fish that looks big rather than a bigger fish that looks small because... You know,
0: there's no win on it. I, uh, I'm going to, you actually open up uh, an amazing can of worms here. So um, two things. Yeah, I am probably, and I I will say that I am like the long arm champion when it comes to holding fish. Uh, And that is, that is primarily because it makes for a better photograph. You know, you get that fish closer in with the camera. And I want to, I want to show you uh, a little bit of an example, what I'm, what I'm talking about here. I had uh, this image that I had posted of that bass I caught on Saturday, right? Yep. I'm going to show you what the original picture was, the one that Paul took of me. Uh, Where is it? Here it is. This is the original picture. Yep. You can't see that fish at all. Nope. You know, you, you can't see him at all. And I'm like, all right. So this is exactly why, like, I just say, if you can like, you know, when you're taking pictures of yourself holding a fish, it sucks because sometimes, you know, I usually hold them right up by my face and take a selfie like that but if 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 somebody else is taking the picture i'm absolutely going to hold that fish out in front of me to get as much of it seen as possible i don't care that the the picture isn't telling i'm going to measure it and i'll post what the size the sizes of it you know or i'll weigh it or whatever it might be for that situation and as long as i know i don't care what anybody says it doesn't it doesn't i don't even break a sweat you know so you're right it is damned if you do but dam, damned if you don't i just highly recommend stop giving a shit <laughs>
1: Yeah. Oh no, no. I know. I, 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 don't. I, I do my thing. I very rarely, t- you know, I'm fishing alone most of the time, anyway. Yeah. So I don't take a lot of picks. But like this one. Yes. So that that pike looks enormous. Two things to keep in mind. I'm holding my arms out, and I can palm a basketball. Yeah. Exactly. So so keep that, you know, keep the the size of my hands in mind. And that was a 28 and a half inch pike. That's not a very big pike. It's a big.
0: I mean, it's fine. It's a, Nobody's it's a good size fish. But yeah, yeah. it's. You start talking it, like thirty six inches for pike and that's like that's where you're like, Oh, okay, that's a pretty good size fish, you know? Yeah, exactly. But I, I
1: you know, it counted for the chronic trips. I had a photographer on hand. I yep. made the best we could do with the picture. So yeah. I
0: recommend everybody hold it out. Yeah, make, make take, it look big. Take the best pick you can because at the end of the yep. day, you know, that's what you're doing is you're you're taking a photo. No good photographer goes, get way the fuck back there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nobody. It doesn't happen. It's like take a good pick. If you're, especially if you're on a a, a social media platform that's super visual, like Instagram, you want to remember these things. You want to get as much detail as you possibly can. So yep. go for it. You know
1: exactly. exactly. I didn't mean to open up that exactly. can of worms. No, no, it's we, good. We had some some pictures. We we took pictures. We took pictures. We took pictures.
0: Yep, <laughs> we did. Oh. Was it, this? That's, this was a great show. I mean, I think we we I think we we crossed all the marks we wanted to. We did on the way down here. This is great. This is awesome.
1: A lot of fishing. Fishing is back. Yeah. And um, once again, I'll say it because I keep saying it every show. The fishing report is in hiatus for a little bit. We're working on something. Yep. I'm not going to be putting the time into it until this one thing happens, and then once this one thing happens, we figure out the format. We're good. So
0: yeah, good that's stuff. It. There's your teaser. I have nothing else, my friend. You? Yeah, no, no, no. That's all I've got. I've got an uh, uh, interview segment. In f- in fact, uh, potent- potentially two two guests for this one. Potentially, Potential, I'm going to try and squeeze yeah. them both in. Um, and and I think if we if we're doing so now, I think we'll be good. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, let's go ahead and throw it a break, and then we'll uh, we'll come back with our interview segment and our outro. Yes, Sounds sir. like a plan Alrighty guys uh, Sit right where you are Stay tuned Because we'll be right back With our interview segment Right after this short message From Three Bells Outfitters Check it out Jigs and Bigs is proud to announce that we're being supported by Three Bells Outfitters. Located in Smith Cove on the Niantic River, TBO is Connecticut's premier paddle sports retailer. They're a full service shop specializing in kayaks and paddle boards for everything from recreation to tournament fishing. Three Bells is an authorized dealer of Hobie, Jackson, Feel Free, Native, and Bonafide kayaks, as well as many paddleboard brands. Not sure of what kind of SUP or kayak you want? TBO offers free demos of all Brands. Want to go for an extended test drive? They have a full service rental facility on site. Three Bells also offers a complete rigging service for your kayak. With such brands as Yak Attack, Yak Gear, Burley Pro, Yak Power, Torquedo and more. The sky is the limit. You can visit Three Bells Outfitters in person or online at threebellsoutfitters.com They ship anywhere in the lower 48 states or order online and pick up at the store. Can't make it to the store to pick up your kayak or worry the freight company might Damage your purchase? Three Bells Outfitters offers a white glove delivery of kayaks within a 225 mile radius of their store at a rate less than typical freight carriers. They will deliver your kayak, set it up, and answer any questions you may have. Be sure to follow them on Facebook and Instagram. Don't forget to tell them Jigs and Big sent you Three Bells Outfitters because life is better on the water. Hey, what's up, guys? Bobby Rosebeef here for our interview segment this week. Today, I've got a great one here for you. I have a Northeast Wild Woman. Well, at least that's how you would know her on Instagram. Uh, she's a blogger from New England. Talks about everything uh, outdoors. It's uh, it's Cheryl Magdis. Cheryl, how are you today?
3: I'm good, thank you. Excellent. How are you? Excellent.
0: I'm 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 well. I'm very well. So it was uh, it was uh, a mutual friend of ours that kind of connected the dots. Uh, it was Nelson one of our, our resident jig heads. Um, yeah. Awesome. Very, very cool. So, yeah, he had suggested that uh, that we connect, and uh, that's what we're doing. We're doing this little interview here. Yeah, so, I'm so excited. Excellent, Cheryl. So let's go ahead. Let's actually dive in before we get into, like, the fishing interview questions and all that stuff. <laughs> Why don't you tell me a little bit about what you do? Tell me about, about your blog, too, because I've seen you've got a handful of posts up there now, and there's more stuff that, that's coming. So go ahead and kind of walk me through some of that stuff and let people know where they can find your writing.
3: So um, I have recently started this blog. The domain is Mm -hmm. northeastwildwoman.com. And you can find me, northeastwildwoman, on Instagram as well. Um, I basically, so my cousin actually is uh, super busy. She's getting her PhD. She's a stay-at-home mom and -hmm. working full-time home at mom, you know, with COVID and everything. Yeah, She was talking about um, different blogs and she had, you know, an idea to write a blog about just, you know, her everyday life. And I started thinking about, you know, just what are the things that I like to do in my life? And two of the biggest things that are a huge part of my life are hunting and fishing.
0: Gotcha. Yeah.
3: Um, and there's not a lot of women out there that I even know in my personal life yeah. who, you know, participate or even know, you know, where to start. So I just thought, you know, maybe if I could, Throw some things out there, educate some people um, and maybe open some topics of discussion mm-hmm. and uh, connect with some local, you know, other people in the hunting community and just, yep. you know, connect with other people like Nelson, for example.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So. It's it's interesting you say that because we're this show is, you know, I'm a, I'm a father of two daughters. I love the outdoors. My daughters don't necessarily love it nearly the uh, the same way (laughs) I do, but that's okay. Sometime in their life, they might, you know, fall in love Mm -hmm. with the outdoors as well. Who knows? But, uh, you know, we have, it's so interesting that you say that because what we found is that there's a lot of, small niche either individuals or, or or collective groups organizing events that are focused on women in the outdoors for instance we had uh, women of the outdoors um, mm-hmm. on uh, a few months back um, talking about a couple of educational and just social events that they would do you know outdoors like they would do they would they would get together and do you know a course on fly fishing or a course on you know uh, catch and cooks or something yeah. like specifically like that with the idea being so let's give women this resource where they can go and do this with other women and not feel like it's the old boys club or intimidating or anything like that. And and on top of that, there's also um, I you know I mean there's not enough but uh, it's it's getting better and better we, we've got content creators out there that are women that are absolutely killing it you know um, mm-hmm. Andrea Navolo comes to mind uh, uh, Christine Fisher is just killing it in KBF kayak bass fishing you know as far as content creators on Instagram largemouth sass, fishing with Becca and I mean those are just some that we've worked with on the show and I think that connecting those dots can it, you know that. Uh, uh, In time, I I hope that's what's going to happen, you know?
3: That's the goal. Yeah. And I ultimately would love to have uh, even just something local and outreach for women of all ages, not just specifically young girls, but women who, you know, maybe their grandfather or their dad or their grandmother wanted, you know, they like to fish. And by the time they got a little bit older, they weren't there to teach them anymore, you know? So maybe it's always been, well, I'd like to do that, but I don't have anyone to teach me or I don't have anybody to get me started.
0: Definitely.
2: that's
0: the goal. No, I, I think it's it's definitely commendable. And I mean, anytime you can teach anybody this type of a skill, I think is, you know, you, you're doing a huge service to just everybody as, as a whole. So that's really awesome. My hat's off to you. Let's jump in and find out what, what your likes and dislikes are when it comes to okay. fishing specifically. So um, let's get into it. Why don't you walk me through how you discovered fishing, how it was that it became uh, sort of a Uh, a point in your life now to the point where you're driven to go and actually put down a statement on the internet, you know, uh, uh, chronicling your adventures in the outdoors.
3: Yeah. So um, I don't even remember the first time I was taken fishing. My parents were super into it when I was a kid. Uh, My mom said she had, you know, the outdoor backpack carrier. And if it was warm enough, the baby was coming with us and we were going fishing. That's awesome. So I was raised, you know, I think I was probably a toddler when I was given my first push button pole and we practiced all the time. Um, and then my brother who was born later on, it was a family fun thing to do. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, bass fishing, trout fishing, not so much fly fishing. We did a lot of ice fishing growing up. It was just like a Sunday afternoon, like Mm -hmm. let's go out, cook some food on the ice, have a good time. And it got us, especially kids like outside, which I think is, you know, now you see less and less of. So I think that's a big part of it
0: too. Definitely. Definitely. You do see a whole lot less of it, but uh, what I have noticed that is that I've actually read this today in a Facebook fishing group where somebody said, you know, the internet is, is ruining all these fishing spots and all this other stuff. I, I, I personally couldn't disagree more because there were other ways that fishing spots got ruined before the internet was anywhere near as common as it was but the mm-hmm. one thing that it has done is kind of made uh sport fishing cool and in so, like you see a lot of younger kids really really excited about going and catching fish and mm-hmm. like you know really getting into it and paying attention to the details stuff that when I when I was a kid I never ever paid attention to for me fishing was uh you know a hook on a line with a bobber and a worm and you just waited and that was it yep. now it's a whole other ball game like and it's 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 great to see that it's it's kind of taking off like that what's your favorite season to get out there
3: that's a really tough one mm-hmm. um i have to say i truly love ice fishing
2: Oh, okay. I'm not
3: a fan of the cold, mm-hmm. but to go out and really bass fish on the ice and be on the water when it's frozen like that, yeah. we had some really fun times this year up in Vermont, up in Wells, Vermont.
2: That's awesome. Um,
3: and even here in Western Mass, I mean, we caught a lot of fish and we put in a lot of time and it was just, it was a new adventure every time, super fun, different yeah. every time.
0: Yeah, this was actually, for, for ice fishing, This this winter was great. Oh, it was for, a great for season. a lot of people. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, and they it was there were a lot of people getting out there, and I totally missed the boat on <laughs> getting geared <laughs> up and ready for ice fishing. I haven't ice fished in forever, but yeah, I, that's that's a, I don't I don't think I've had anybody say that for their favorite season specifically really? ice fishing. I think that's a new one. A lot of people go to. Um, you know, they'll say springtime cause the weather's mm-hmm. not like blazing, you know, crazy. Or then you have some people who are just like, I like to be out there in the heat of the summer. Like, that's what I want. And then, you know, like myself, I'm a big fall guy, you know, I kind of like the, yeah. you know, football starts, there's less people going out on the water, it's yep. more, you know, mm-hmm. I, you know, everybody's got something that they like, but I can get behind ice fishing. Yeah. Uh, now, is there, is there any kind of like a specific weather condition that'll make you decide to just like call it a day?
3: Um, I'd have to say that uh, sleet can mm. be a real, mm. real mood killer, but it, the worst is if you don't have a place to shelter from the wind. If yeah. the wind is crazy, it's just going to make it that much colder and then yep. you get wind flags and it's just, it's not as much fun when the wind is whipping. So sometimes, you know, you get up oh, and no. it's, you know, super windy. Then yeah, we we'll, we might call it, but or we might try it and then a couple hours later call it early. Exactly.
0: <laughs> now, do you kayak fish at all?
3: Um, I don't usually. I fish with another person once in a while in a canoe. I'm not oh, okay. a huge fan of kayaking, but uh. Gotcha. And gotcha.
0: If I can get out in the bass boat or in the canoe, I'll go. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like, as a kayak <laughs> fisherman, the wind is the worst. Like, it's oh, the biggest challenge. <laughs> it's It can, you know, and, and I, I think, you know, with experience, you can kind of make it work for you a little bit, depending, but... As uh, as we're just starting out, it can be super super frustrating, and yeah. just you do a lot of paddling. It's it's just going to say else.
3: I can imagine you get blown around in circles. A little oh bit. yeah,
0: <laughs> yep. Now, as far as uh, types of you know specific bodies of water that you like to fish, are you more interested in larger lakes that you can break down? Are you more about small ponds? Are you focused mainly on current?
3: Um, I'd have to say I enjoy small ponds mm-hmm. better because on any given day, especially when I'm fishing, you know, in warm weather fishing off the shore, yep. I can cover more ground in a shorter period of time if I'm on a smaller body of water and try to find, you know, the sweet spot, yeah. so to speak, for the day. Yeah. Um, so, and locally, that's more of what we have up where I live in the northeast, in the western, you know, western mass area. It's a lot of smaller ponds.
0: Oh, there's no shortage of smaller ponds <laughs> out here. In fact, yesterday I took, uh, I was at four different ponds all day, went and bounced between them. And I couldn't get a bite for the life of me, but my buddy was just getting so lucky with like just these random bycatches here and there, and uh, and we ended up getting on them toward the end of the day. But yeah, it took four different ponds to do it, and that is kind of nice because you can kind of break it down and say we're gonna move, we're gonna bounce, you know, (laughs) just kind of go go elsewhere. It is kind of nice. What Mm -hmm. about uh, when you're open water fishing? What is your your number one like or your short list of confidence baits?
3: Um. They always almost always have trout worms or crawlers just as a staple okay. um if i'm going for bass um i'd have to say you know just the regular lures that i would always carry you mm-hmm. know um my dad calls them ripple and red fins i can't think to my, to my name who makes them now but it's a floater and um in spring bass season they're usually pretty stable you you know usually you don't change your bait when you're out with them yeah. on the water because yeah, yeah, yeah. you have such good luck um yeah, I like to bottom fish too a lot for trout with power bait mm-hmm. So we'll do a lot of that in the spring, too.
0: That's awesome. That's huge. what uh, let's talk about <laughs> this is a good one. So there's a saying in the <laughs> there's a saying in the in the fishing industry that fishing tackle actually catches more fishermen than it will catch fish in in your lifetime, what do you think the most ridiculous sort of tackle trend that was out there? Uh, and and the follow up question for that is, did you use it and how did it work?
3: Tackle trend. Um, so we had one year, I'll never forget this. Mm-hmm. My dad had us looking in, uh, I think it was Walmart for these lures called Super Dupers, okay? And they were supposedly the new trout trend, okay? Oh, all right. And cool. he said they look like a paperclip. Well, they don't look like a paperclip, but they were kind of a, uh, like a horseshoe kind of, but flat. Yeah. And um, we ended up trying them and we trolled and we ended up catching some really nice fish.
2: Really? On them. Huh. Hit or
3: miss. But yeah, we, and it's funny because I've looked at, you know, after the fact for them and I haven't seen them out again. No kidding. Like a couple of years. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I wonder so, if they, if they just never, never took off or. Huh.
3: I don't know. They seem to work fine. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, better for
3: trolling though. We try, we would try them on casting, and it wasn't the same. It was Not the like same. An
0: aesthetic, yeah. yeah. Now there's this. It, there, you know, I've I've come from a school of where a bad day of fishing with the right people can just make an awesome experience. Uh, you know, sometimes it really is more about the the company you're with and the conversation and the memories you're creating while you're out there doing this, regardless of what you're catching. Uh, with that said, what are the top three people that you would like to fish with, and they can be alive or dead.
3: Oh man, those are that's a good that's a really good question. I wasn't expecting <laughs> that one. Um, okay, so I would have to say, um, ooh, if I'm gonna go celebrity. I'm gonna go with maybe like Shania Twain.
0: Okay, if all if, right.
3: She wants to do some bass fishing. Probably one of my favorite singers when I was a kid.
0: I just <laughs> ended my Friday night trivia night with man. I feel like a woman for no reason other than I happened to hear it on the radio earlier in the week, and I was. It's like, yeah, this will work, and yeah, that was yeah. kind of weird.
3: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, And then I would probably say, goodness, top three. Got to have my dad in there for sure. He's always my yeah. fail-safe fishing buddy, you know? Um, And I think uh, my grandfather, who actually just passed away. Oh. Did a, another fishing session in with him. He didn't go very often, but, yeah. you know, I could fit one more in with him. Definitely everything
0: off no that's common there's a, a lot of people will say you know or all here you know oh I, I never I never met my you know my great-grandparents or anything mm-hmm. like that I'd love to fish with them and I know that they were big into the outdoors because of you know pictures or something like that so there's generally always everybody but it's it's really it's like the celebrity ones I'm always intrigued <laughs> Always, because you, I, I don't know, maybe you can tell a lot from somebody when they're just like,
2: yeah, I think i would like to
0: fish with them. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's about, like, how creative they are with their answer, yeah, you know? I mean, sure. Shania Twain's a good one. I, I can definitely yeah. get behind that. <laughs> um, now, what is it that you're listening to on your way to go fishing that, like, pumps you up for the day?
3: Oh, man. Hmm. All okay. right. Um, it's... Probably country music. Yeah, not to be too stereotypical, but probably country music.
0: <laughs> well, I feel like country music and classic rock. It's like that's that's yeah, a go-to. Yeah, classic rock or eighties rock. Is, yeah. you know,
3: it's a good one. There's so, some days.
0: Yeah. Although I'll tell you what, I did I, been, I, this last day. I went out with my buddy this last trip, where we got on him right at the end. I said, "Oh, I got a playlist to play for you," and I played <laughs> him this uh, this uh, handful of songs from this artist called High Speed High Speed Chase. And they're mm-hmm. all bass fishing parodies of like current hip hop songs. Interesting. So there's like a bass fishing version of Megan the Stallion Savage. Like there's uh, there's there's well the first one I played was about Bill Dance.
2: Wow, so, interesting.
0: But yeah, very very interesting. That was on <laughs> on the on the whole other end of it though, not necessarily to get pumped up. Uh, <laughs> what's your goal for fishing or for the outdoors in general? Like, where would you like to see yourself in like the next five to ten years?
3: Um. Still avidly fishing. I'd like to learn how to fly fish. I started a little bit a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, it's definitely it's an art form that I would really like to learn more about.
0: I couldn't agree more.
3: It's 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 very hard. I've watched people try and fail, and just you got to keep trying until you just somehow pick it up. It's, yeah. It's a lot of practice and a lot of knowledge of the entomology. You know, the insects that you're flying with, mm-hmm. and where you're fishing, and. There's a lot that goes into it, so I think that I'd really enjoy, you know, getting into that sport, especially up here where there's so many streams and brooks and rivers.
0: Oh yeah, there's it's it's crazy. I can remember a few years ago, I was at the at the Eastern States um, Sportsman mm-hmm. Show, mm-hmm. and there was uh, you know the uh, one of my buddies wanted to check out one of the um, the seminars about fly fishing,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and I had always I, I feel like as as a conventional tackle angler, a lot of times we might look at fly fishermen and think oh yeah you put your waders on you have your little fly box you go out with (laughs) one rod that does its job you whip it back and forth and you know maybe a trout bites it or something like that but i did not realize how many people go out and fish for smallmouth for carp for pike on Mm -hmm. flies and, yeah. and do it like with precision and accuracy, like it, it really is a whole other level. And there is a whole, I think I almost think of fly fishing is almost like an entirely separate culture in, in, in general. It's, it's,
3: Absolutely. it's
0: crazy to, you know, and it's, it's, it's when you learn how to do it um, and you can do it well. I mean, it's just amazing, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know?
3: Yeah, for oh.
0: sure. And I think actually it was at that seminar where I said to my buddy, I think I think my exact words were this is not for me. <laughs> I, am, I am having a hard time uh, not cutting off a spool of reel of my bait casters every once in a while. <laughs> Let's go ahead and, and not not overstep. I think this might not be for me yet, you know, but we'll get there. I do want to try it someday. Now, uh, have you traveled anywhere to fish? With the sole purpose of fishing?
3: Um, Let's see. I think just like charter, we've gone on some deep sea fishing trips. Uh huh. Cool. Out of Connecticut, we've gone and gotten some bluefish. And nice. uh, the first time I went, I was pretty young, you know, maybe like eight or nine. And yep. we're dropping our lines, and I'm like looking at my father, like, well, how do we know when we get a bite? And he just goes, well, you'll know. And I think it was about five seconds later, I felt like my arms were almost ripped out of my yeah. sockets, you know? <laughs> so that was always a good time. Super fun.
0: Oh, yeah. Good stuff and always like like saltwater fishing especially as a kid is always mm-hmm. just like uh, it's a mind-blowing sort <laughs> it's of a experience completely different
3: experience Definitely. from you know catching a perch or a bluegill or even a bass out of the pond yeah
0: oh a hundred percent it is now is there a uh, like a, a specific fishing destination or a dream trip that you've got on the bucket list that you would love to absolutely go and and, and make happen um
3: damn that's a good one I think I would have to say probably out west yeah. more like river fishing. I would love to try that out, especially if I can get into fly fishing and try both. You know, I think that would just be like a once in a lifetime experience. Yep.
0: Those Pacific Northwest states, they're like amazing mm-hmm. and just yeah, absolutely. In fact, I just watched a video uh, on the Hookset Hoodlums YouTube channel with uh, a guy over on Instagram. A guy Jeff Holloway. He's on Instagram. He's, uh big nasty one eight six. He's a, he's a big tattooed Filipino guy that wears a cowboy <laughs> hat and he is the <laughs> loudest fly fisherman you'll ever meet. And he was sharing some stories about fishing in Wyoming and fishing in, mm-hmm. uh, I think he put, he lived in Colorado for a little while, but he's like, yeah, he's like, it's a whole other planet out there. Like it is yeah. just the, the, the fly fishing culture is, is crazy. Mm-hmm. Locally, we have the Swift River and that's sort of like mm-hmm. the destination spot where a lot of... Well, a lot of people go to, but, like, for locals, that's the first place I think everybody thinks of. Yeah. But out there, it's just, like, you got your pick. You know, you can.
3: Yeah, and it's so crazy. Much. I've been following, you know, I'll follow a lot of accounts on Instagram and just watching the stories. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, it's it's incredible. and. It's you just watch and you watch them fly fish, and I'm just like dumbfounded watching yep. them do it. Like, and people who do it well make yeah. it look effortless,
0: yeah. That's the they thing, really it, do. It, it's like figure skating, you know,
3: exactly. And we
0: know how bad that can go if you're not, you know, it can be really, really bad. Now, here's a couple of gear related questions, and these are just, I mean, if 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 you're um. If, I, I know i've I've had some guests that were just not into talking about gear, and that's totally, okay. totally cool but uh, so what well, like generally, when you go out, what is your typical mm-hmm. rod arsenal that you're bringing out with you for rods, reels, how do you string them up? what do you
2: feeling?
3: I usually bring two rod rod-reel combos.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, one is probably older than me. It was from well, it was my dad's, and now yep. I've been using it for the last couple of seasons and then actually I have a rod and combo that I bought on Amazon recently that I
0: really like. Oh, all right. Nice. Which um, which which one?
3: I honestly couldn't tell you. Oh, okay. It was one that when I went in, had good reviews yep. and I just kind of picked and it worked. You know, it's worked so far. Yeah.
2: So pretty cool. good.
3: Um I mean tackle wise, like just a box, your basic necessities. I try to yep. travel as late as
0: possible. <laughs> I think that's kind of the challenge for a lot of people is, you mm-hmm. know, there's a saying that, you know, for an angler fishing rods, rod and reel combos are basically like the golf clubs of our course. Yep. And, and it would be so simple to just say, well, I have a one rod that's dedicated to everything, but especially if you're, if you're, you know, bank fishing or mm-hmm. on a small boat where you don't have the storage, that's hard to hard to lug around. So you find yourself having to try to make things as versatile as you can, you know, in order mm-hmm. to be able to do all the things or focus specifically on different tasks for that that journey. And yeah, you know, sometimes that's that works out well, sometimes and not so much. But
3: a lot of times, I find myself with one. You know, if I have the two rod and reels, one is usually dedicated to like an off the bottom that mm-hmm. I can set up and just leave, and then the other one I'll cast and try different lures. There you go. So try to get it from both sides and see what what's working for the day. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. I've done that before where I'll be bank fishing and it's super slow. I'll just mm-hmm. take you know whatever I've got tied on for a drop shot and I'll just go and let it sit dead, you know, mm-hmm. and and let it just kind of hang out there. Occasionally something will pick up, you know, I'll get a bite that way. But other than that, um, now this is a crazy one. So there's a sort of like the jigs and bigs like challenge right here. Okay. (laughs) Um, So there's this mystery pond with mystery conditions. We don't know. You don't know what it's going to be like, but you're going to go fish it that day. And we're going to give you the jigs and bigs corporate credit card to go and put together a single rod, a single reel, and you can string it up however you want. And then what lure are you going to throw with that? Oh,
3: goodness. Oh, goodness. Just one lure, huh?
0: Just one. Like, what are you gonna go and and, and, and work?
3: <sighs> Probably something in a spinner fashion. Probably some sort of spinner bait, whether okay. it's a rooster tail or you know something like that. I've seen, I've seen trout and bass and pickerel pull out with oh, those, yeah. you know, pretty exclusively. They're pretty universal, as long as you have the weight behind them, you know, to get where you need to go in the pond with your cast.
0: Exactly. Um,
3: so probably something like that. I prefer. I'm left-handed, so I usually prefer just the flip open reel. I'm not usually a huge fan of, um, you know, the bait casters with the thumb hole.
2: The, oh
0: yeah yeah yeah. yeah yeah. I'll tell you. It's <laughs> I. So what's funny is I I am right-handed. Uh, I'm I'm actually pretty ambidextrous, but I'm I'm mm-hmm. my right hand is my dominant hand. And I use left-handed reels for exactly the reason you said because I grew up with with uh, spinning reels, and mm-hmm. you can switch the position on a spinning reel. You can. So yep. you know I've always been you. You flip open the bail, and when I'm casting, I want to cast with my dominant hand. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense for me to <laughs> cast with that hand and then and then switch over to reel.
2: Mm-hmm. You know
0: I don't. It's just it's it's bizarre. So I use left-handed reels myself, but. I yeah, it is exactly that. That's crazy. So let's let's talk. This show, this is the cornerstone question of the entire program, and it's a two parter. (laughs)
3: Okay.
0: This kind of lets us know, like you know, what we're dealing with here. I need two stories from you, Cheryl. I need one story of like (laughs) great, like epic, you know, proportions. Like the moment you were most proud of on the water, and it could be anything. It could be a PB. You know, and if, it, if it's not a PB, you're welcome to share your PB as well. It could be a it could be something where like something went tremendously wrong or crazy and you were able to help out or something like that. But whatever the, the, the story is that you're most proud of. And then on the flip side, I need you to share with me your biggest oh wrong story.
2: <laughs>
0: like the biggest epic fail.
3: The biggest epic fail. Well, mm-hmm. there's probably more of those than there are. Everybody's
0: epic epic got story. way more of those. That's <laughs> super common. Yeah.
3: Oh, let's see. Goodness. Most exciting story I think would probably be, man, that's a tough one.
0: It, it, it is a tough
3: um, one. I think actually it was this past winter. Okay. I caught uh, I caught the first ever um, my first ever smallmouth out of um, a pond in Vermont, and it was also a personal best for a pass. So I never caught a smallmouth out of the ice before. Um, That's awesome. Just, you know, it was set up, and when I pulled it out, I didn't really think anything of it. And my dad is over there, and his friend are going, "Oh my god, get your camera! That's a big fish." Yeah. And it just you know I didn't realize it until I held it up, and I was like, "Oh wow."
0: That's so awesome. It was oh. it was
3: really fun. Cause especially ice fishing, you don't ever know what you're pulling up. I mean, you might have an idea, so it's like kind of a surprise when you get it to the hole.
0: It, you're you're absolutely <laughs> right. Because you know, sometimes you just you just don't know. You know, and you're you're like, okay, you know, and you can try to target different species, mm-hmm. but it's sort of like you're not targeting specific cover other than just dropping like straight down, even if you're jigging, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah,
3: you're either usually fishing off the bottom or under the ice and you don't really change. I mean, we use pretty exclusive. We use just, you know, bait shiners. So yep. it's not like we're trying different baits and different, you know, holes yeah. or anything. It's usually the same across the board. It's like whatever <laughs>
0: bites, but that's the thing. They, they, they gotta eat and they will, you know, they mm-hmm. definitely, will. that's awesome. I love smallmouth, yeah. smallmouth are my, my favorite species to catch. They're just, they, they fight unbelievably. They're just absolutely beautiful. Like they're, Mm -hmm. they're amazing. Oh, the
3: fish was absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. I can imagine. So So, yeah, that was, it was fun.
0: (laughs) Nice. So what about the epic fail?
3: The epic fail? Um, I one time pulled in a really nice large mouth at a fishing derby and, uh, Beknownst to me, as I had it, and was walking around the edge. He flock fell off and went back into the water, you know? And the worst part was people I were fishing with were on the other side of the lake, and they saw me drop the
2: fish into the water.
0: <laughs> oh, that sucks. We've it all did. had that yep. happen, though. It, it's, yep. I, I Yeah. It, actually, <laughs> la- last summer I had something very, very similar happen where – I was I was fishing a drop shot stupidly on this one area where uh, on on gear that was way too light to be able to flip a fish up as high mm-hmm. as I needed to,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and I had my my youngest daughter was with me, my oldest daughter was hiking around the pond, and I, I hooked into a, a, a just a gorgeous largemouth, absolutely gorgeous, and I I'm like I, I gotta grab the leader. I got to grab the leader and try and drag him <laughs> up. Like there is no other choice, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm like, I'm going to do it and I'm going to try and do it like wi- as smooth as possible without jarring anything. And that line snapped. As, almost as soon as I grabbed it and started lifting up, mm-hmm. it was just bye, done. The entire rig went with him. I'm like, oh, damn it. Oh, it was just not good. But hey, what can you do? We
3: all have those stories. It happens to the best of us.
0: Exactly. And if (laughs) I feel like if you don't have more epic fail stories than you do, like, huge, like, proud stories, exciting stories, you're due. And I'm afraid of how it's going to (laughs) go. You know what I mean? At least if you got a good collection, you're like.
3: creep up on you eventually. (laughs) Yeah. I've
0: been here before. That's awesome, Cheryl. So go ahead and uh, and promote your stuff, promote your blog and your social media and everything. It's an opportunity for you to kind of let people know where to find you, find out more about you. And if, uh, if you know, whatever any projects you have going on, it's a good opportunity to go ahead and mention it.
3: Okay, great. Um, no, the blog is actually a fairly new project, so it's super exciting for me. Um, I post twice a week on northeastwildwoman.com. You can subscribe directly there, or you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter um Northeast Wild Woman on Instagram and NW or N underscore East Wild Woman on Twitter. Um I've also been posting on a lot of the Massachusetts fish and hunt groups on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So if you're a part of that, you would see it there. Um basically the only, you know, the goals that I have is I want to open up more topics for discussion. You know, find out what are people's you know, questions and how can we answer them? How can we learn from each other? Because everybody has a certain skill set. And I think that that's the biggest goal is to educate myself and maybe educate some other people along the way. Yep. Just like you said earlier, connect those dots and strengthen the community because you know, without other anglers, there's nobody to compete against. And that's sometimes the most fun part.
0: Exactly. Like you said,
3: you know, either competition or nobody's catching anything and everyone's hanging out in the boat, having a great time.
0: Yeah, that's exactly. I mean, I think the community is the best thing that the fishing like, it sounds stupid, but the, the community itself is the best thing the fishing community has going forward. Catching fish is one thing, and that's that's awesome. But, you know, bringing people together and learning and growing and sharing information, that's that's huge. I think that's awesome, Cheryl. So, yeah. hey, thank you very much for doing this. Um, here's what I need you to do. I need you to send me a picture of you with just an absolute monster catch. Like, holding a big <laughs> okay. fish is ideal. And uh, send me a picture because what I'll do is I'll utilize that in the artwork for this episode when that goes to run. Okay, awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, thanks a bunch, Cheryl. We appreciate you coming on the show and having a great discussion, sharing some of your information, stories with us. Uh, hope uh, you know. Hope you get out there and slay them this spring.
3: Thank you so much, and thanks for having me.
0: All righty. Take care now. Alrighty guys, Bobby roast beef here for jigs and bigs. And it's, we have a doozy of an interview for you guys today. We have three guests today that all have something in common, Uh, two things in common, actually, not just fishing, but fishing and beer. Uh, these are all craft beer makers. And, uh, we're going to, we're going to talk a little bit about both. Uh, I've got CJ Eldridge, Ray Berry and Chris Peterson. Gentlemen, how are you? Uh, do us a favor and, uh, tell us a little bit about your breweries and, uh, and a little bit about yourselves.
4: Sure. Uh, so, hey, I'm uh, CJ Eldridge, as uh, Bobby mentioned. um part of uh, Arc Point Brewing Company. I am one half of the representatives of that, as Chris Peterson is the, the other half. I like to consider myself the better half, but um, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll let you guys determine that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so we're both uh, actually at a Westover reserve base. Um, we actually... Um, we're stationed and worked directly with Sean first in the period
0: of Klein. You poor guys. Um, I'm so sorry.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> you know, the, the other thing is, you know, Sean and I used to talk about old school wrestling a lot too. So it, 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 was, it was good. It was good stuff. Nice. Um, yeah. So what? Um, we We started the, our brewery uh, right around 2016 at a Belcher Town. Um, Chris started home brewing a lot of that, and actually, Chris, I'll let
5: you tell that part of the story. Oh uh, no! So I, I just moved into a new neighborhood, and uh, my my neighbor invited me over, and uh, you know asked if I wanted was interested in doing a homebrew batch, and um, I immediately fell in love with it, and uh, kind of dove into the science and started asking all these questions that my neighbor didn't have answers to. So, uh, like anything else, you kind of take to the internet and start reading a ton of books and. It was just a massive rabbit hole for me that uh, I started becoming incredibly passionate for Mm -hmm. and uh, brewing so much beer that uh, I I couldn't drink it, at least not in a healthy manner. So (laughs) I'd start bringing them, uh, bringing them to work um, to all the guys at the base. And, uh, you know, they started uh, lining up for him, asking, uh, you know, if they could offer me money to make sure that they got the next batch. And uh, one thing led to another and uh, I just approached CJ about, you know, taking it uh taking it seriously and um we ended up uh you know applying for a license
0: with a few months after that and been history ever since it's awesome and i've been uh i've been lucky actually to work with all of you guys uh at various trivia events at tasting rooms and different different establishments where i've worked myself and and ray that brings us over to you uh yeah uh, tell us a little bit about uh, tell us a little bit about your beer Okay. See all these books behind me,
6: yep. uh, I'm like, Chris, no, I'm not a home brewer, but uh, <laughs> White Lion, White Lion <laughs> Brewing in Springfield, Massachusetts. Uh, first craft beer brand to go to market in the city. City had a, a rich history of uh, brewing uh, pre-Prohibition. Mm-hmm. It was uh, an anchor for the region. I mean, breweries that were pu- pushing over 100,000 barrels on an annual basis. But uh, after Prohibition, that pretty much fizzled out. So just happy to bring back some of the brewing to the city. It's, a, it's got a long history. Um, white Line is a symbol of good for humankind, so we like to be community oriented. Uh, we have a great relationship with Arc Point, uh, and you know a, a great appreciation for just craft beer, especially in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts and all of the great breweries in Western Mass. So you know we're just happy to be part of that uh, that craft beer conversation and continue to mm-hmm. try to better ourselves as time goes on. And um, you know, hold down the city of Springfield.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, what is it? now? I I mentioned this in the in the pre interview uh, with with Ray. We were talking about about COVID, but um, you know, from from my end of end of the way the pandemic kind of it sort of decimated my business for a couple of months, which is actually how this whole podcast came to be. I had nothing else to do with my time really than to go fishing and talk to this guy about fishing. And that's ultimately like what ended up happening. What was, what was it like the, like the last like 10 to 12 months for you guys having to shift gears? I I know that, that white lion, you guys have been going through a process of uh, a brand new facility. Um, what, what happened with that?
6: Yeah. So, uh, we were probably a month or two into construction yeah. when uh, the pandemic just gripped, gripped everything and, and crippled everything. Yep. I think it was like the month of February or March when things really started to – like real, realization started to settle in and things – and, and uh, restrictions started to come into play. So uh, we we had an anticipated opening date of June of 2020, and I think we pushed construction back two or three or four months – then we dibbled and dabbled once there was a better understanding around the pandemic, mm-hmm. uh, but really couldn't go full boat on it. Uh, so we've been really limping into uh, our finish line, uh, literally. Um, and, you know, we're just very fortunate enough with, you know, to have a good team and yep. uh, a good landlord and good partners that are very much understanding and uh, so the tap room and the brewery, pretty much, the brewery's done. We've been brewing on site since October That's of awesome. 2020. Um, but the tap room is probably 99% complete. Uh, they were in there doing some cleaning today. So some minor cosmetic stuff needs to be addressed. And then the kitchen, which is a key component for us. Yeah. I mean, obviously now everyone knows with the pandemic, we got to have a food element. So... Ah, uh, we were always going to have a food element in the space, but we pretty much enhanced it, mm-hmm. thinking long term, not knowing what could happen two, three, five years from now. Yep. So, um, the uh, the kitchen's probably—I got to say—ninety-five percent complete. So we're not that far away. You know, we got to come back and get some uh, architectural plans stamped on that side of the equation and have some city city inspections mm-hmm. but uh, we're not too far away but it's it's been it's been hard it really has Yeah. Been. Oh yeah it's got to gonna be a challenge that. of nothing yeah. else yeah. It's been it's been a headache absolutely but good support from the community Yep. good support in general so you know we're almost there we're almost at the finish line.
0: That's awesome man that's that's good news. I, and that's the one thing i think like the beer community really you know, I mean, it's 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 not unlike the fishing community. Like they stick together, you know, and that's one thing that I've seen. <laughs> like, especially in my line of work, like. You know, that's one thing that people were were definitely down to do is was drink and dabble with trying different beers and, you know, maybe get out of their comfort zone, I think a little bit more than usual. And so, I mean, for, for craft beer, I, I'd have to say that that if if nothing else, like, though, it's it does make it a huge obstacle. At, at least you guys, you know, at, you're, you're still in it. And if there's still a huge demand, you know. It's just the creativity as far as getting things there. What about with ArcPoint? How, how have you guys been affected? How are, how, how are things going and, and, and getting back over over the hump?
4: Yeah, so uh, it actually it hurt us and helped us at the same time. Yep. Um, so at the time, we were in the process of trying to redevelop a space in Belchertown um, and kind of just build that up in the southern area. Uh, but when the pandemic hit, things stopped and that just stopped everything for us. Uh we had just got quotes from everybody for you know what the build out was gonna cost. Uh we had just structuring everything to get uh get approved for it and then everything stopped. You know? Um so what that did for us is kind of made us focus on our canning run. Um uh, so we started doing that a little bit more after everything settled down and realized that people were still drinking and <laughs> they yeah. were going more it. For- you know, the KFN the they're still going to the package stores and they're still going to get their thing. So uh we came back and hit hit, hit the cannon run again. And uh one of the huge benefits for uh what we just did is we actually linked up with White Lion during this pandemic and mm-hmm.
2: we now use
4: them as our distributor. So uh that was a huge bonus for us. Yeah. Uh, that put us on you know, kind of another uh put us on the map to all of all of Massachusetts, not just Western mass. And uh, so they've helped us out tremendously with that and really got our name out uh, across the state. So yep. um, that was one of the good things that came about it. Uh, but we're still pushing towards getting our spot and location for Town, And I think we have uh, something, you know, hopefully something lined up pretty, pretty good here for us.
0: That's awesome. That's good news. That's really good. Now, there was something you, I, I always like to, there's this this spot, the way we book these interviews, this little area where there's um, an item where, where folks can jump in. Can you guys tell me a little bit about uh, the the collaboration with White Lion, 67 Degrees, and Crew Brew, and how w- what it is that you guys are working on together and how it's all coming along?
4: Yeah, so this was uh, an awesome project. Um you know, it really hits home, um, throughout this whole process. But what it is, is I saw an article, uh, on Facebook that included those guys. Um, it actually included, um, uh, Brockton as well. Um, but I saw it was about all of the black brewery owners in mm-hmm. Massachusetts. And, uh, you know, kind of brought tears my eye, you know, reading it and seeing like, and see some of the numbers. One percent of yeah, uh, bre- uh, craft breweries are owned by uh, minorities, by owned by white people. So I thought that was really crazy, and uh, it was an inspiring story to, to see. Yep. Um, so my idea was to, since I was just inspired by reading it, was get the, get together with these uh, breweries um, and to try to brew a beer together and show that hey, you know, it's more than just Articles and everything else, like let's do something together. Yeah. Um, and when I first brought it, I didn't, I wasn't sure where it was going to be. Um, uh, then Ray had brought in, uh, Holyoke Community College has a program that they developed, um, later in the year of 2020. Mm-hmm. So it was perfect timing to reach out to them, um, and try to use what we can for our proceeds to go towards the scholarship for a person of color.
2: That's awesome, and
4: um, you know all all the different breweries were really awesome with the project and really trying to, um, you know, we got to see it through today. As today we actually canned the beer, um, oh, that's um, so awesome. I'll be going out to distribution. Yeah, uh, you know, I'll be going out to uh, sell at at White Lion on Wednesday, um, as well as like on Saturday, and uh, Crew Brew, and Sixty Seven Degrees both have some. Uh, some kegs that they brought and some cans that they brought to their location we will still there as well, and they'll be distributed as well. Uh, That's as huge. Ray could probably tell you. Yeah, Ray could probably tell you. Uh, I mean, their crew does an awesome job of distributing, and yep. for the most part, almost all of the cans are already accounted for. So,
0: no kidding. Awesome. That's awesome. And what like a a great way to do it to have like an actual a beer in hand that kind of is the culmination of everything like the the, that basically comes from the inspiration of even just that single article that like it's like the butterfly effect you know like you get this one little iota of of inspiration and then it just kind of blossoms and look at what you can turn it into that's awesome
4: yeah yeah it's pretty pretty inspiring
0: yeah (laughs) that's huge man so uh now i i'm gonna make a, a broad assumption that all of you guys are avid fishermen (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> nah, this <is> uh,
0: <laughs> let's go yeah. ahead and go through cuz I know Yeah,
6: you can uh, Yeah, go ahead. Let's go.
0: Uh, yeah. Our our go listeners I mean, you know, our listeners, a lot of that our audience is beer drinkers, and they're going to love this no matter what. So let's go ahead and go through. I'm actually going to call up some questions here. Why don't we start? Actually, CJ, you kind of put the got got the the ball rolling here with Sean. Let's go ahead and jump in and and tell me how fishing was introduced in your life, and like sort of like walk me through the journey if you would, and then we'll go through with with Chris and Ray as well.
4: Sure. So I actually started. Uh, Actually, my my stepdad at the time in Kentucky. Um, I mean, I was probably in fourth or fifth grade. Um, so I was younger. Mm-hmm. And uh, he actually introduced fishing to me. He, he used to fish quite a bit. And uh, so I started fishing with him. And I actually used to get, I was really into it at that age. Um, all the way up until probably I want to say sixth grade, right before in seventh grade. I was very big. Watching as weird as it is, I watch like the still dance videos. Mm-hmm. Um, we did all that stuff. We would go out super early in the morning at like 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning. We would go out um, and go fishing to all these different places. So, um, it, Although it be a short little stint of fishing, and uh, obviously a, a, a quite a bit of time ago, um, I used to love it a lot. Yeah. Um, and occasionally went a few times you know, as I got older as well, um, to include hopefully a big Fishing trip that our shop is actually trying to organize for work uh, to go out this spring, go
0: deep sea fishing. That's awesome. That's great, man. And that's that's a beauty about it. Like I was just having a conversation with somebody about fishing. Like this is something that I I would argue that even even more than something and like I've been a DJ for thirty years. I would say even more than music. Like it's ancient and it connects people on a global level. Like it's something that's been going on since the beginning of time. Like there were cavemen who fished, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like it's, it's, you know, it's just one of those primal sort of things. And I feel like it, it's, it can really unify people, you know, if done the right way. It's, it's pretty awesome. Uh, Ray, let's jump in, into you. Tell me about how fishing has kind of been involved in your life at all, how you were introduced into it and kind of walk me along your story.
6: Yeah. I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of freshwater fishing. All right. Um, I must've been probably around CJ's age. I, I, I grew up in this neighborhood that had a, uh, freshwater stream probably, mm-hmm. I don't know, a quarter mile away. We used to just all get together after school or during the summer and walk in
2: mm-hmm. who
6: had the, the bragging rights around who caught the biggest trout that, that day. So, nice. um, Trout fishing was my thing, freshwater, you know, stocked, stocked fish. Uh, and I was in New Jersey. So nice. when I came up here to Massachusetts to go to school and settle in, um, it really skipped me for a while. But I got back into it uh, probably about 15 years ago. Nice. And uh, started hunting down some of the you know, the local waters and a couple of blogs online. And, you know, obviously Facebook started to become very attractive. And there was, you know, the different pages on Facebook. Oh, yeah. So I got a couple of kayaks. I got a couple of kayaks. Um, I got a uh, a bass tender. I oh, got a, yeah, uh, yeah, Eighteen nice. footer in the eighteen. Remember the old two seater bass tenders? Yep,
2: yep,
0: yep. yep. <laughs> I
6: got one of those. I got the. Uh, I, think I got a five a five seater, um, in the garage. I haven't taken that out in a while, um, but uh, every 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 season I get geeked up, yep. ready to do it, and then just competing priorities keep me keep me roped in, but I'm, I'm going to try to make another effort this year without question.
0: That's awesome. I dig
6: it all fresh wood. I've never been, i never been deep water fishing, but, uh, anything in Western mass or central mass, Western mass, I'm, I'm
0: trying to hit it yeah without question i love it man I'm, I'm i'm all about it too it's like it's one of those things i put it down for a year uh because i was i just i had a, a terrible year and i was like you know this might not be for me and i'm so glad i picked it back up it was the best thing i ever did you know yeah. best thing chris what about That's you incredible
2: uh
5: so I'm, I'm incredibly novice i think compared uh, to all you guys but uh, uh i mean it, for me uh when i was younger uh my family uh, and i used to go visit my grandmother in uh, in vermont and she she lived on this uh decent sized farm
2: mm-hmm.
5: uh and it had a a nice uh flowing uh brook uh, going through it um and uh we always uh had childhood memories of you know building up uh, damming it up uh, with a bunch of rocks and everything and you know swimming in it and and uh you know fishing uh here and there um never really caught anything back then, but that's definitely where it started. Yeah. And, uh, you know, growing up, uh, middle school, high school time, uh, a bunch of my friends and I would, uh, go to a local reservoir, um, and do some fishing there. Um, but, uh, it, it's been so hit or miss and spotty in terms of like uh, how frequent I've gone that, uh,
2: mm-hmm.
5: probably haven't gone since, uh, probably since high school, uh, until, you know, recently, uh, uh, not too long ago, I I got engaged, and uh, my fiance uh, her twelve year old son is a uh, super big into fishing, so yeah, um, it's kind of rekindled that uh, to where you know mm. we're starting to uh, to go out when the weather is nice, and um, it's it's been uh, pretty awesome to you know just you know fish with a, a young boy and like you know kind of teach him some stuff, uh, yep. even how you know, simple and basic I am with it, but yeah, it. Uh,
0: uh, it's definitely something I want to get into more. And,
5: uh, you know, definitely the I would love to go take like a
0: charter out deeps of fishing too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a whole other ball game. It's like, yeah. it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. It's funny too. Like you mentioned, you know, young kids now more than ever when I'm at, like, I can remember last spring I was fishing. I, I like to fish like a lot of real small ponds, like even like college campuses and stuff. And I was, I was leaving this one spot and there was this kid must've been like eight or nine years old. And he asked me if I had caught anything. And I was like, yeah, I caught some stuff. He was walking along this trail with his mom and I had some pictures of what I had just caught. So I caught that. And then he starts asking me all these questions about like what baits i was throwing and like you know what kind of gear i was using and it's it's that's not weird these days like the internet has really made this younger generation much more aware and i mean you know fishing has changed obviously from when i when i was his age uh, quite a bit you know when, when when low profile bait casters were not you know, a commonplace when I was a, a seven-year-old kid, you know, just that wasn't the case. It was a, a somewhat of a different kind of animal. And um, it was just – it's crazy. Like, some of these kids, they're they, – they're like, I learned stuff from them, you know. You would never, never expect that, that this young generation – so, like, as a sport – Fishing, I think, is really like almost seeing like a, a small and early renaissance kind of in a way, like the way it's sort of coming, kind of bouncing back. Uh, I
5: mean, one might even be one of the few good things to come from this pandemic. Oh, realistically, there's 100%, between, you know, that kids yeah. could go out and do. So,
0: yep, it's true. And, and, and you have like, if there's so few points of light in the last 365 yeah. days, almost literally to the day, so many few points of light that have been had, but it's like, that is definitely, I think a major one. Um, I love this next question. Cause like, you know, Sean, Sean is, I, I would consider Sean a, a relatively well-accomplished tournament angler. Like he is a, a wealth of, of information. I learned so much from him all the time, but fishing is different things to different people. Um, You know, sometimes it's about, you know, being competitive and like besting yourself and, and, and engaging your progress. Other times it's about, you know, the trophy you're about, you know, you want to catch this, this amazing beast and you're trying to conquer nature. But for me, mm-hmm. and, and I know a lot of people are like this. Sometimes the worst day of fishing is the best outing with a bunch of people. So I'm going to modify this question a little bit. I always ask the same kind of question, but I'll modify a little bit for you guys. Um, is this, if you're, Give me a list of like your top 3 people that you would love to fish with or even just share a beer with. That's the modification. Um and they can be living or dead. Well, we'll start with CJ again.
4: Okay. Um So that's a good one. So I'll say if I got to share a beer with um I think it would uh would be my my grandfather. Yep. Uh, yeah. Who actually is, is no longer with us, but I think that would be uh, something that would have been awesome to be able to do, uh, especially if you're like like we got the to can today. Yep, uh, something like that with that type of meaning would have been uh, would have been really awesome. Um, I think if if I use if I use fishing, I think I would probably have to say uh, Michael Jordan. Oh uh, yeah, not necessarily because I find him as my favorite basketball player because I know how competitive he is.
2: Oh yeah, not how competitive
4: I am. So just to say, I got to beat Mike. I thought that would be pretty awesome.
2: <laughs> I I, <laughs> I laugh because I I've remote.
0: seen CJ play trivia before, and I know how competitive. He
4: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the small little thing. It's true. Everything, everything in competition. So uh, Michael Jordan's known for being one of the best competitors. I think that would be awesome just to be able to beat him or something like that. Yeah. Um. And let's see a third one.
1: Ah, uh, man. Uh CJ, while you're while you're talking, just to accentuate the fact on your competitiveness. Oh goodness! When we when, when we play intramural sports on base for years, when I was in, <laughs> when CJ and I were working together, you, we we didn't have a squadron. Like every squadron has a team. It was, where, what team are you with? And you tell them what squadron they're from, and they scratch their head and they go. Oh, you got CJ on your team, huh? And they just knew him because of the way he ran his mouth competitively. It was the whole base. Yeah, I'm on CJ's team. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, that's
4: great. Yeah, then you have a one A and a one B. Then you
1: just
4: you go with that. Yep. Um so I I, I think the the third one I'll go I'll go back to the nostalgia thing. I'll go with, you know, my uncle for, with a beer um for the same purpose with my my
0: grandfather. Yeah. So it'll be lovely. That's awesome. What about you, Ray? What do you think?
6: So for a, uh, a beer, it would have to be my dad. Not, nah, he's, he's not. Um, uh, but, um, you know, he lives every day through just memories and, and just the appreciation of, of, of raising me. Mm-hmm. So I would say, uh, my pops, um, he didn't get an opportunity to even know that I had this vision of, of starting a company. Yeah. So, uh, as far as fishing, I would say uh, another competitive person out there um, that likes to brag a lot. He's not with us anymore either, but like a Muhammad Ali type, oh, you know, yeah. he's just, uh, he so just, good. is that what you were going to say, Chris? <laughs> I, <you> know, I- <laughs> like Ali was just, you know, he's just one of those guys, right? So you would want to, you would want to be, you know, bring something in better than him just to hear what he had to say or shut yep. his mouth up. But I would say Muhammad <laughs> Ali that would have been pretty cool.
0: Nobody's uh, ever said Muhammad Ali. and I, and I, guess, I couldn't and agree more. One? Yeah,
6: hmm. imagine yeah. that. Imagine, oh, yeah. that? imagine him on the, water, on, on the water. Right? Yeah. I'm Crazy. the greatest. I'm uh, um, <laughs> the greatest. And then, i the greatest. Let's <laughs> see. As far as uh, maybe another beer. Um, that's a, that's a tough one. I mean, I could say anybody. I'm, I'm just trying to think of something really cool, creative. I don't know. Uh, Oh, a lot of my friends that have supported me, we haven't really had an opportunity to all rally together. It's always been two here, five there, seven. It's not like the whole collective of the crew that I came up with, especially through those college days, like trying to get like 20 or 30 of us together and just unwind, have some good beers, beat a little bit, and catch up. I think that would be pretty cool if I can just get a collective of friends together like that.
0: Yeah. I can definitely, definitely get behind that. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. What What about you, Chris?
5: Oh, uh, well, since Ali was taken, uh, <laughs> my,
6: my, my famous We can guy still get goes, in the uh, same boat with Ali. Uh, I'd like to uh,
5: maybe have a beer with uh, uh, Dwayne Johnson at The Rock. That, there you uh, go. That guy, not only does he seem one. Plus cool as shit to hang out with, but he just seems like a genuinely good person. So. Yep. I'll toss that one up there. Uh, He's an accomplished fisherman, too. Oh, no shit, really?
0: Yeah, he is. He's pretty good. Oh. I played against
6: him in football high school. No shit, really? Yeah. Did you really? Oh, yeah.
4: wow.
0: That's amazing. Oh, that's really cool.
6: Yeah.
4: Huh. I mean, did you win? I guess that's a real question.
0: <laughs> well,
1: Ray, no, Ray that... they
6: kicked their ass. They kicked
1: Whoa. their ass.
4: <laughs> <laughs> they beat, they beat us
6: up.
1: While, uh, while Chris is thinking, I mean, this begs a, a serious question. So you've worked with CJ and you've played against The Rock. Who talked more trash?
2: Oh,
1: <laughs> uh. the great one has nothing on. Well, it. I, I will yeah,
2: say it The nothing. Rock was. <laughs> the Rock was
6: a he was he was younger. He was like I think he was a year under me. So I didn't really I just know he was on the team. And he was a big dude. Uh, and I think he dated some girl that was in my homeroom, so I, it was it got a little close there. Oh, uh, no, CJ, CJ, yeah, you can I can see it in his fabric, but he's kind of, you know he's reserved at times, but sometimes it comes out, it seeps out, <laughs> it seeps out, definitely. <laughs> uh,
0: I love it, I love it. Oh man, you got anybody else for us, Chris?
5: Uh, yeah, uh,
0: this guy, I actually met.
5: Uh, this next one uh, once briefly, but he's a pretty busy guy. But uh, the uh, owner of uh, Dogfish had uh, Sam Calagione. He's an interesting dude.
2: <laughs> but
5: uh, I've always looked up to him, uh, just because of his you know his, his style and you know what he's kind of driven the business to
2: mm-hmm.
5: stand for. So um, and then yeah, I guess I can you know easily jump on board with uh, my. Uh, deceased grandfather uh he passed away when i was uh probably seven years old but uh he was by far the most intimidating man i've ever met in my life so yeah uh, i think it'd be pretty cool to kick back and uh have a few beers with him um he could still probably drink me into the table but uh that'd be a good conversation
0: i think yeah definitely absolutely (laughs) um so it, it where are i always ask this question about like you know if, if folks have traveled anywhere specifically to fish have, have either of you guys traveled anywhere for a fishing trip
5: i happen to be just through work i was uh out in this uh island in the middle of the indian ocean not too far from the maldives actually i found out when i was looking for a honeymoon spot <laughs> but uh Uh, you know, one of the few days that I got off when I was, uh, stationed there, uh, they do, you know, some fishing charters and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, it was not too long prior to me getting there that, uh, someone recently had died from, uh, choppy waters. So Uh they become super, uh, skittish about weather, um. So I never was able to make it out there, but I did do some uh, pretty killer snorkeling, which makes me regret not being able to fish Yeah, uh, because it was just so much, so much going on down there. (laughs) I didn't know I had uh, uh, a fear of uh, the ocean until like
0: I was snorkeling amongst all that. (laughs) (laughs) I believe it. I Um, believe it. Yeah. What about like bucket list destinations? Have you guys ever had any, like, like a place where you're just like, yeah, that's, that's a body of water. I would love to spend a day on a boat and, you know, just kick back. Is there anything like that for you guys?
4: So I actually have, uh, heard a bunch of guys, uh, for Alaska. Uh, we go up there for work, uh, fly out there there and people have been out there for a couple of weeks. Yep. And just like the fishing was absolutely unbelievable. um, and they went out a few a few times and just come back with all kinds of stuff. So, uh, yeah, just the idea of you know Alaska and being in that, in that type of environment, so I think that would be kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I thought I thought that would be really cool.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. So now the big one. <laughs> I need each of you guys to tell me a story about. The moment when you were out fishing, that's like the most memorable or the one you're most proud of. It may, maybe it was like a personal best, like a, an amazing catch. Maybe it was you know something crazy happened on the water that you were able to experience and like help out with the situation. And then on the other side of it, I need you guys to share with me the biggest sort of.
2: <sighs> but I'm
0: gonna I'm gonna throw a modifier in there too. If you guys want to substitute a fail story as, like, a a story of a failed batch of beer, I'll allow that. (laughs) (laughs) I think every brewer's got one.
2: Oh, (laughs) actually. If they they
0: don't, they're lying to you. That's what I'm saying. See, I'm telling you, brewers and fishermen, it's it's symbiotic. It goes right together.
5: Uh, I'll I'll start with a a failed batch of beer. It was one of my uh, early ones uh home brewing uh home brewing you know not really still still very much uh green and fumbling my way through things uh i uh was obviously experimenting a lot. i mean what brewer doesn't but uh i wanted to make a beer that uh tasted like thin mint like the girl scout cookie oh all right oh wow so of course you know the chocolate part from a brewer's perspective cocoa nibs is uh you know your go to so I incorporate that with the stout and then uh, uh, for some reason I uh, took uh, some random person's advice on the internet mm-hmm. and uh, for the mint side I threw Altoids into the beer uh, as it was fermenting. <laughs> uh, as you can imagine <laughs> and, uh,
0: Was it, it, it curiously like, strong?
5: Uh, it, it was uh, curiously disgusting. I couldn't <laughs> quite put <open> my finger. <laughs> it was like this uh, kind of like a Grassy chemical taste. to it oh, that, uh, wow. Was masked by uh, uh, a disgusting amount of cocoa. It was it was disgusting. Absolute <laughs> failure.
0: Wow, uh, all right. I
5: think I probably still have one bottled up, just as a, a joke to give to someone later on.
0: There you go. It's a great. It's a great idea. Thin mints are amazing, and like the marketing yeah. potential is just huge. But good on paper. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. What about you guys?
4: Um, so, actually, I don't have any stories about failing anything.
0: Clearly. So,
4: my, my fishing uh, failure. Uh, so, th- both stories are actually with my stepdad at the time they got me introduced to fishing. Um, it, this is so weird, but there was this little spot behind like this little strip mall that had like a, it was in Kentucky. Uh, It had, like, a Kmart and everything else in it and a Chinese restaurant. (laughs) So we're going back, and we used to stop in this and crawl through the fence and dive and fish in this little spot. And uh, we knew that there was this catfish in there because we had seen it. And I went to go, I threw it in, and I had it, and I was reeling it up, and I kept walking up the hill. And one of the people from the Chinese restaurant came in and yelled at us, told us that we couldn't fish in there and started yelling. So I freaked out. I pulled it up and the, the catfish came off my hook. Oh, fell onto the ground then bounced right back in the water and the Oh and I never man. and I could put it, in it and I had it I had it on my had on my hook, I had it in everything and I just I lost focus. I turned around, I looked at her. I was excited because you know I, I finally got I got that catfish fish, yeah, and uh, yeah, it bounced right, jumped right off, and to, the, to this day it was you know it was this big, so it, it yeah, was, oh of man, it was yeah, five yeah. feet long.
0: That one, <laughs> yeah. it, grow,
4: it grows bigger every time I tell the story,
0: uh, but it was
4: it would have been by far my biggest catch
0: I've ever had so. That's. I mean, there's there's so many stories that are out there like that where you're like, I had this amazing uh, this amazing catch, and for one reason or another. Like, I, I had one where where I had, it, it, hands down would have been the biggest fish I have ever caught. And I had to, because the area I was fishing was sketchier than hell, I had to climb down on this little, like, mm-hmm. spillway near this dam. And my tackle bag with my phone in it was on the other side of this fence. Now I'm a big guy. I go 300 pounds. And now I'm, like, five feet under the platform where I was standing, and there's a fence or a little rail that's separating me from my bag. I'm holding this fish, and I'm like nobody's going to believe me. So I just released it. And I'm like, oh. I'm like, there's nothing I can do. <laughs> I just had to release. I, I called my best friend and I, I was like, dude, you're never, I'm, I'm like, I'm going to tell you this story and it, I'm forever going to tell the story about a fail. I was like, I am st-. it was like a religious experience. <laughs> I was shaking from catching this fish. It was amazing. But this was like three summers ago. Unbelievable. Oh, so oh. upset. Oh. What, what 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 about you, Ray? Where, where are you? As far as, uh, uh, epic wins or fail stories?
6: Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Nothing huge, but a couple exciting catches for me. I yep. mean, it was up in Amherst. I forget the exact location, but it was definitely in Amherst. And I had caught back to back, probably five pound largemouths. Nice. Um, Off of, um, off of Senko, just a regular, you know, yep. just casting Senkos uh, on a uh, tree belt area and um, didn't really expect anything. And then as soon as you feel that line moving, wham, wham. And uh, so I got so geeked off of that. And then my friend was with me, so we were all excited, taking photos, settled back down, and maybe 10 minutes later, caught one just a tad bit under what the uh, the bigger one was. So that was just like a memorable. That's that amazing. made my That made my season, you know? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> catch back-to-back back like that. I'm like, yeah. Um, <laughs> as far as um, – misses it was another it was also at Amherst um probably a couple of years prior to uh, the, the two big catches for me mm-hmm. and I, you know similar to what CJ's story is it was a fish it was it's definitely a large mouth bass without question yep I don't know if they were spawning or what but uh that sucker I I forget what I threw out but as soon as it hit the water that sucker just hit it so hard and it was splashing and cracking and splashing and then the line just broke, and I was just so dev- – I was so devastated. Uh-huh. So I was so excited to have it on the line for like 10 seconds. Yep. And it was kicking and fighting and screaming, and my 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 line just couldn't hold it, man. And that was the end of it. That mm-hmm. was it. I was devastated for a couple months.
0: It's, it's amazing how like <laughs> everything – your whole world just crumbles. You're just like, what just happened? Yeah. Oh, my God. You yeah. know? It's like – It ugh. sucks. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: I mean – Ray, it, just – Ray, just to follow up on that, it was kicking and fighting. Were you the one who was screaming? Oh, uh,
6: I was, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I would, I would have, no, no shame there. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking about jumping in after it. I was about to go jump
0: in on that sucker. Oh man, that is. I awesome. actually have,
6: I
4: actually have a pretty fun story that I have uh, with my fo- uh, my stepdad at the time. Uh, so we we had left that probably four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Uh my mom knew we were going fishing. This is before cell phones. There was no cell phones. Uh we must have hit up probably four or five uh like creeks, lakes, ponds, different things like that throughout the day. It is dark by the time we're coming home. hmm Um and we find a spot and I that Dad's like, hey, we could try that one one more let's try that one right there. We're we're almost home. But let's hit this place up. So we get over and uh, first time we've ever got here, it was dark. I threw out a line. I didn't realize that there was a branch there. And well, my line goes out over the branch, still goes in the water. And I look at it, I was like, well, might, might as well just pull this up. Something actually hits. I snap it back, pull it up. I actually caught it. And the bitch is coming up on the string um, over, the, over the tree. Over the tree. Come back down. I reeled didn't find to my, I yelled at my stepdad to come see he's watching me pull it up over this branch and through a tree to come back down uh, and I, so that was, the, I got, that was the first time I caught a fish before him uh, in, a, in the lake.
0: that's awesome and
4: the best part of the whole story was my mom ripping out on us <laughs> we actually ran out of gas so we had to <laughs> find, find the person's <clears throat> house closest to us Tell them we were fishing in their in their pond. Uh, oh my mom. <laughs> my mom had to come and get us and she lost it. <laughs> oh
0: my god.
4: Because <laughs> <laughs> she had no idea where we where we were. Like I said, there's no cell phones, you know. Yeah. She had no idea where we were. Here we are fishing on this person's this person's pond. I was no idea that we're fishing on the pond.
2: Yep. It was dark time. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so it was uh but you know, I, I got the first fish, so I was happy and the last session of the
0: day. So, that's awesome. <laughs> that's a good way to go out, you know, when you're when the day's yeah. done and you're like, oh yeah, we got th- yeah, I, I guess I can stop slaying them to call it a night, you know. I'll be, <laughs> do what I can. Nice. Well, hey gentlemen, uh-huh. go ahead. This is an opportunity for you guys to promote yourself, promote your breweries, promote what you have going on. If you have any other projects or anything that that people can look forward to, let them know where to find you on social media, any way to keep in touch with you, and especially where to go get your beer.
6: I'll go first. This is, uh, again, Ray from White Lion Brewing, um, Springfield, Mass. We are located in downtown Springfield, 1500 Main Street, the Tower Square block. Um, We uh, run a beer garden across the street at 1477 Main Street. So if the restrictions release, you can look forward to some beer garden activity this summer. Um, We uh, distribute our beer primarily through accounts uh, in western Massachusetts uh, all the way out through central Mass and we dibble and dabble in the eastern part of the state as well Mm -hmm. we are, if you want to follow our journey we are on pretty much all the social media platforms we're on Facebook at White Lion Brewing, we're on uh, Twitter at White Lion Brewing we're on Instagram at White Lion Brew Uh, you can find us uh, dibble and dabble a little bit on Snapchat as well And we uh, also run a LinkedIn account that has all of our media content. Um, And uh, we're, you know, we have, we're happy to partner with Arcpoint, brew practitioners, three cross fermentation, uh, East coast kombucha out of Connecticut. Uh, So we're, you know, we're just trying to uh, create a team environment, work with each other. We're all small artisan beverage companies and um, just looking to lift up and and uh, support and, you know, again, uh, keep Western Mass on the map yep. and continue to push the best beers that we can.
0: Beautiful, man. So, uh, again, this is uh,
4: CJ from Arch Point Brewing Company. Uh, our big push, especially for uh, the next coming weeks, is actually this beer right here. Uh, as you can see, this is our As One mm-hmm. beer. That'll be going out through... Uh, the whole state of and the whole area of Massachusetts. So uh, primarily in um, Western Mass and uh, Eastern Mass. So, you know, that's the big one that we're pushing right now. Same thing, you find us on, you know, the social media. That's uh, yep. most, yep. most typically Facebook and Instagram. Um, neither of us really mess with Twitter very much. Uh, <laughs> so uh, those are the two platforms that we predominantly run um and we're just trying to you know keep growing with uh you know the help of white lion and the distributing company uh continue to get back when we can uh, even for as small as we are and for what we do like it's, it's super important for us to be able to get back yeah and to do different projects like the project that we just completed uh, with the other breweries so um that you know that's kind of who we are that's what we do that's what we've done day one when we ran our kickstarter we had a, a Kind of a, a donation, a give back uh, to DV Farm. So uh, if there's something we could do, we'll always try to do that. Um, so whenever you can, just go out and grab some some arc
0: point. Absolutely. End a good fishing trip with an arc point or, or, or a white lion. Yeah. Get out there and You know, that's the, that's the best, any, whatever you're, you you gotta make it count when you end a fishing trip. That's what I, that's what I say. And it's funny because like, I'm, I, I love beer. I really do love beer, but you know, calorically, I try to watch it, but I'll tell you what, when I do have beer, I make it count. You know and I I, I want to have something that's that's I want to drink local and I want to drink something that somebody who I could you know bump into at you know one of the establishments that I frequent regularly and you know and know that like some real care went into this so you guys to make great products both of you I mean they they're awesome I've, I've I've sampled <laughs> many, <laughs> uh, pro- pro- probably too many actually. <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I appreciate what you guys are doing out there. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh, this is really really great, guys. Check out Arc Point Brewing. Check out, I mean, check out White Lion. Get get out there and, and try these beers. If you're if you're local and you've got access to them, and you're in Massachusetts, and you know, definitely give give them a shot. And uh, you know, follow them on on their socials as well keep in touch with what's going on at the beer community. Sean, you look like you want to jump in here.
1: I, I do. I just want to, I just want to wrap this up with a nice little bow. So, um, obviously having worked over the past, I mean, well, how long has it been CJ? I think we started working together in like 2010. Yeah. There. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah, so working there. with CJ and Chris since 2010 and up to about, uh, I think 2017 or so. I think that's when I kind of, my career took a different turn. um, you know with this whole the way that jigs and bigs and and we've been keeping in touch with with uh with local you know companies i mean really the whole spectrum i mean yeah. if you're local we're starting to we're at we're at this level where you know we can all help each other out get each other exposure and you know jigs and bigs has kind of taken off in a in a great direction since the pandemic started and since its inception in this man's mind right here but the one thing that Bobby's like strength is, is events. And we haven't been able to do that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. down the road, when things start getting a little normal, I think you can expect to hear from us oh, saying, yeah. Hey, we have something going on. Where are you guys available? Are white line and arc point available to come out? And, you know, for the overage customers that want to have a beer, if they're, let's say, I don't know, Bobby, uh, Demoing a kayak somewhere. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean. I'm sure the Three Bells folks would love to mm-hmm. to to investigate more about Arc Point and White Lion oh, and definitely. Oh, you know absolutely. things things like this. It's, but it's the nice thing is for sure. Yeah. With, with calling you up CJ, I mean, aside from the NCAA stuff, because it's that time of year, and we're all competitive. I, I was like, I called up CJ and I haven't talked to him in a while. And I said, Hey, I got two things for you. Number one, tournament basketball betting and number two <laughs> um, we've been doing well with the podcast. You guys are doing well with the brewery. Let's have a chit chat and then see where things go from here. And that's the nice thing about the way we kind of do things organically. Yeah. You know, Bob and Bobby and I had talked prior, um, about talking with you guys because he knew you from events. So it was just yeah, a nice it, yeah. fit. And I got to say, thank you guys for coming on. This is awesome. And we're going to be looking very forward to to getting some, um, some events going and see if you guys want to be involved. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
4: That's, that's great it. to see you. Yeah, we really appreciate that.
0: It's going to be gr- good, good growth all around for everybody. That's that's really what yeah. we want to see. You know, yeah, Western right Massachusetts on. is a is 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 a great place that often gets overlooked. I mean, it's a shame people are missing out. That's true. There's good We're, stuff happening. That's right. We're not just not Boston. We're <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> really not Boston.
2: That's right. Yeah. Bye. Oh, wonderful sure, guys!
4: Yeah. This is awesome.
0: Thank you so
4: much. The, uh,
0: too. Yeah, so. absolutely. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> starting to happen, and and you know, my Friday night venue uh, over in over in Feeding Hills, uh, Casa de Lisa, is where Sean regularly plays. If you guys want to go and mm. show him, you know what's up, you're welcome to join us. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah, I have to hit something up soon. That's for sure. Yeah, I
0: love it. awesome that's guys. Good. All right. Great. All right. Well, hey, thanks so much, fellas. Uh, do me a favor. Uh, send me if, if you happen to have any like fishing pictures or even even if they're not fishing pictures, like a, a, <laughs> y- y- you got to have a picture of like that first can or that first growler that came off the line or something. Send me those because I'll put together <laughs> some special artwork for this episode when it shows up and you guys will all be on it. For sure. Oh, yeah. I okay. love it. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate thank you guys you. so much. Chris, Ray, CJ, appreciate what you guys are doing out there. Keep up the great work, man. We'll talk to you soon.
4: Cheers, man. Sure. Thank you. Cheers.
0: Take care, guys. Bye bye. Thanks right. again, guys. Right, guys that about does it for this week's show we uh we we had a good one it is so nice to be able to have like up-to-date really really good organic fishing content for you guys like really really great stuff um lots of big things happening we are currently working on uh getting together with other tournament clubs uh for you know updates on things that are, are going around on their area we'll have uh, information about all types of different uh competitive fishing events for you as we get a little bit further uh you'll remember we are now uh over the halfway mark of april we're only a couple of weeks before it's time to get down for this uh may tournament and there's a couple things on my end that i need to get in order uh before that can actually go live sean i'm not sure if you have frozen uh in your screen or you're just staring at me lifelessly i'm not 100 percent sure what's going on we may have lost you but uh I'm still rolling over here, so I'm just going to run with it. Anyway, uh, as we go for, Yeah, we did lose him. We did. There he goes. He's back. He's back. Uh, Spoke we, too we, soon. We almost made it through. We yeah. almost made it through. It so happens. Let's it happens. let everybody know
1: that Amazon is taking care of me because I ordered a bunch of shit yep. for to eliminate this problem and is not here yet. So
0: hopefully this is the last show where I'm fucking in and out, whatever. It's all good. <laughs> it's kind of crazy because it was this frozen image of you like... <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm talking like, yeah, Sean. So, uh, wait, all right. <laughs> and I'm like, either, either he's fallen into a coma or... He's dropped a connection, it's a, which is good. But you're back. That's all that matters. 50-50. That's what I'm saying. Well, what was the question? I want to answer it. Yay. No. Uh, I was just kind of commenting about how nice it is to have actual, like, organic fishing content, good stuff to kind of go and share and, like, inform people with. Very, very excited about that. So we're happy. We hope you guys are happy. Hope you're out there getting uh, on some fish. And, you know, this tournament in May is coming up. This, uh, we just have to get a couple things handled as far as, you know, financial and things and then we can get our uh our our pre-registration underway you guys can go ahead and join us and sign up for that tournament and it's going to be amazing the larger the turnout the more prizes we will be able to give because we're basically flipping all of this over into prize packs so hoping all of you guys want to get out there and uh catch some fish and enter them and compete and have some fun and you know it's the the level of shit talking Is going to be at a record, record level, I think, for compared to any other tournament that we've had. So. Very excited about all of this stuff. Uh, we've got good stuff coming up. I have uh, an episode in the uh, in the can right now that uh, an interview with uh, the three, like call this the OG Hookset Hoodlums crew. I've got uh, Wild Bill. Wild Bill has been on the show previously, but uh, this time he's coming back, and we have we have Andrew and Ken. They kind of round out the Hookset Hoodlums, like that sort of like. That 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 OG collective, like when you when you think Hookset Hoodlums, that's immediately who comes to mind, right there. So we've got them joining us, and that interview is really fantastic. I also have uh, I have I have Jeff Holloway. You might know him as Big Nasty One Eight Six. Big Nasty is an amazing angler and personality. He comes to us off the heels of an outing in Crumpton, uh, Maryland, with. Uh, Good old Cody Lockwood fishing, getting out there and uh, seeing what the uh, the city of Crumpton has for good fish. And he's got some really good stories to tell. It was definitely, definitely uh, an experience to say the least. But we got to talking. Uh, we've got some plans coming up shortly where we're going to get out and do some uh, some smallmouth fishing together. He and I. In fact, we might even get out on the kayaks and see how that goes. But definitely, really, really great stuff. I got. Uh, I'm recording with uh, Eric Graves. Uh, he'll be on an upcoming show and then i have i have a couple other ones that are set up too but we're just really great guests lined up for you guys we're gonna go through and have an amazing summer like tournaments fun sun it's gonna be just awesome great great stuff and uh we're very very excited so let's go ahead uh sean do you want to r- jump in and, and and wrap things up you have anything you want to add in Uh, see, he jumped in, reconnected, and then froze immediately. <laughs> I got I to take a picture of this. Hopefully it doesn't. Yeah, there we go. There we go. All right, that's got to go on the old Instagram. <laughs> Anyway, guys, I'm going to wrap this uh, this episode up here. Uh, you guys go ahead, have yourselves one hell of a week. We will see you guys uh, in seven days with another episode of Jigs and Bigs and uh, Shit Show is coming soon. You're not going to want to miss that. As always, guys, follow us over at uh, our Instagram uh, at Jigs and Bigs. Just check us out over there. We got lots of followers over there. We're really active and uh, put some good stuff together. We've got a Facebook page and uh, if you have any friends, you want to turn them on to the podcast, send them over to jigsandbigs.com jigsandbigs.com is sort of like ground zero for all your jigs and big stuff and we have a new store that's about to get launched with some new merch as well including performance gear that's that's a big one so that's coming soon really looking forward to it sean do you have anything you'd like to chime in with before we wrap up
1: i don't know what i missed i missed the whole outro i'm sorry it's Fuck all good. the internet no my wi-fi yeah uh no uh get out there and fish it's uh It's time all over the state to fish, 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 fish. Tell us about it. Reach out. We want to hear your fishing stuff.
0: Yeah, actually. Thank you, guys. It's been awesome. You know what? You make a really good point, Sean. Last week, I posted a video. I was just super excited that we had some really, really good fishing content coming in. And I told everybody, I I put up a a, a story, and I basically said, DM us your fish pics. And you guys delivered. You sent a bunch of good stuff. So I did a real quick video and posted that um, and did a couple uh, really all over Instagram. Reels, story, post, you name it, all kinds of good stuff. So we're going to do more of that stuff. So if you've got some fish that you're getting on that you're really, really proud of, and you want to kind of share that with us, DM it to us, send it over to us, reach out and get in touch, and uh and we'll feature your catches as well. So everybody yeah. get out there, you know, get on them, find them, and catch them. Everybody, take good care of yourself. We'll see you in seven days. Tight live. <laughs>